And welcome to a special segment of Comic Talkers, where comics is always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. I'm William. And we couldn't do this conversation alone. And please welcome back to the podcast. You know as, know her as Eerie Deary on TikTok. Please welcome back Emily. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. So we're going to be, no, it, it's fantastic. I was just going to go right into the next topic. I was trying not just. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be going over, we'll have a couple pieces of news that has come out after San Diego Comic-Con, but this podcast is mainly to have, let's have a chat pretty much with all three of us as we go over some of the big Comic-Con news that came out this year in 2022. Um, So let's start off, by the way, um, let me ask you guys this. What was some of the, like, in your eyes, what was some of the most exciting news that came out in your eyes? I'll start with Emily uh, when it came to Comic-Con this year. Like, what was some of your favorite things that came out? Uh, Well, I'm a bit of a fan of the show RuPaul's Race, and they announced that the drag queen Shay Coulee is going to be a reoccurring character in the Ironheart TV show. So I'm pretty excited about that. Awesome. <laughs> um, I loved the new She-Hulk trailer. It looks like so much fun. I'll be honest, She-Hulk was one of the comics that got me reading Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited to see Jen Walters brought to the big screen. I'm actually rereading Jen Walters Must Die right now just to get prepped <laughs> for the show. All right. Um, other than that, I definitely think I'm going to be crying buckets and buckets of tears with World of Wakanda or with uh, Wakanda Forever, and I don't know if I'm emotionally prepared for that. Yeah, I I agree with you. Wakanda Forever was probably one of my favorite things that came out of Comic Con um, this year. Um, I, I I it made me laugh so hard because that day when the what was it when the trailer did drop, my boss was like, "They're going to be any good trailers?" And I sat there, I was like, "Dude, Wakanda Forever is going to get a trailer today." If they don't, they're stupid and not releasing it. And here we go. We got the first trailer. And I'm not going to lie. She-Hulk's trailer actually got me pumped up. Not even because of She-Hulk. Because at the end of the trailer, who shows up? Mm -hmm. In his red and yellow costume. We'll get to that Mm -hmm. shortly. Um, And also Daredevil getting announced to show. That also made me excited. Um, But DC New-wise, we got the Shazam trailer. And we also got Paul Dano coming and writing it. But the biggest one of all is Batman and Spawn getting a crossover again. <laughs> I was ex- I remember that when the news dropped for that, I sent it right to Will. I was like, we are talking about this. I am not going to just sit here and not talk about this. Will, what were some of the events that you enjoyed or what you liked that were announced from Comic-Con this year? I mean, do you really even have to ask? I mean, I've been hoping for it for a year now. Loki 2 finally getting its second season. I, I talked with one of my bosses today and he was so pissed that he's like, we have to wait another year. And I go, yeah, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> but I was, you know how like happy I was with that show. I loved that show. Mm-hmm. So, and we've been waiting because it was announced right at the last episode of the first season that they would be coming back with the second season. Right. So now finally getting information on when it's going to start being able to know what's going to happen. I'm just really excited. Um, but also we're getting, uh, we got more information on the Gardens of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always exciting to watch. So I'm really curious to see where they're going to go off from there because they got the new crew now. They got um, Nebula with them now. And mm-hmm. seeing, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to go like straight off of what their interaction with uh, Thor in uh love and thunder so i'm just curious to see where they're going to go with it who they're going to encounter what what's going to happen okay 
No. So I guess more since we've all talked about MCU news, I think we should just go right into the big announcements that came out with Marvel. Marvel released the, well, we already knew what phase four was. Um, but they did announce Wakanda Forever is going to be the last entry to the phase four. After that, we're going to go right into phase five. And they gave us their whole plan for phase five. Now, bear with me. There is a lot of stuff. So I'm going to go over each show and we'll kind of talk about some of our excitements, what we're not looking forward to it, um, everything like that. So to start phase five off, we start off with Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumanium, which has been announced. It's going to be released on February 17th, 23, or 2023. Secret Invasion gave us an update, um, a logo, and supposedly there was a trailer shown um, at Comic-Con exclusive. Um, it's going to be a show on Disney Plus right now. It's scheduled to come out in spring 2023. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We got a trailer at Comic-Con. And supposedly what has been sold or told to us, it was exclusive to Comic-Con. It is probably one of the most emotional trailers you will ever see. Um, right now, that's slated to come out on May 5th, 2023. Marvel's Echo, which is a Disney Plus show, will be coming out from in summer 2023. Loki Season 2 is going to come out in summer 2023. The Marvels is slated right now to be released on July 28th, 2023. Ironheart right now is the show on disney plus coming out in fall 2023 blade which will be it's right now slated for november 3rd 2023 agatha coven of chaos winter of 23 24 which i'm not gonna lie that was the one i was like why do we need this just let it end <laughs> daredevil born again which is probably one of the biggest ones that came out for phase five the fact that it's not going to be your typical six episode show this is going to be a straight up 18 episode season um, with Charlie Cox returning, spring 2024, Captain America, New World Order, slated right now to be released on May 3rd, 2024, and my favorite, the Thunderbolts, right now slated at July 26, 2024. Now, we have three movies that were announced for phase six. Now, this is how it's going to start, and they gave us two films that's going to end it. We start off with the Fantastic Four reboot. We end with two Avenger movies. Avengers King Dynasty, which is right now slated for May 2nd, 2025. And Avengers Secret Wars, slated right now for November 7th, 25. So I'm going to ask you guys straight up, what are you excited for? What are you not excited for? Out of all these movies, all these shows that's been announced, Willie, I know you said you like Loki, but I want you to think of other things that you like on this list and what you don't. I'm going to start with Emily, though, so let's see what she thinks. What? <laughs> I I'm excited for a lot of things. Um, I am really interested to see how the DC Plus TV show version of Kamala Khan fits into the Marvel's movie, um, because I think that they have a lot of room to tell very different stories now than in the comics. I love the comics. I love the like mentor-mentee, fangirl, fandom relationship that Kamala has with Carol. But I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what new directions are going to go in with that. And I love Monica Rambeau so much. So I'm really excited to be seeing her back in a project. Um, let's see what else. I'm really so super excited for Wakanda Forever for a lot of reasons. 
but also I am just so here for the Hispanic representation. I love the idea of Namor and Atlantis getting that Mesoamerican spin that isn't really in the comics, but I am here for it. That is how you update a character for a new audience, for a new story. I, I'm here for it. I think that his costume is just like, it's beautiful. I love it. That is how you do a comic accurate costume while also upgrading it, in my personal humble opinion. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm a big Riri fan, so I'm really excited to see her in Wakanda Forever and then in her own spinoff show. I don't know, man. I feel like I could just talk about the things that I'm excited about forever because there's not really a lot of projects that I'm not excited about. I'm a big Blade fan, so I'm excited that his movie's coming out, but I'm a little, I don't know. I'm not, the character of the Black Knight just isn't super interesting to me. And I'm, I really just hope that he's only in Blade as like a cameo rather than like a supporting character. Cause he just seems a little bland to me. Like I, I feel that's where the Eternals failed because the Eternals could have set him up to be more and they did it. Yeah. They like, oh, I have a family history, but you don't really know other than comic book fans know. But like even people I've talked to, it's like, who is that? And I go, oh, that's Black Knight. He's says, who's the Black Knight? I'm like, that's why like that was terrible <laughs> yeah and like even people who've read the comics it's like power girl like is the average comic book reader going to sit down and explain this character's in-depth complicated backstory to a new reader i don't even know power girl's background and i've been reading comic books for 25 years like i you know it just i don't know we'll, we'll see how that works <laughs> all righty so was i know you said there wasn't any that you were really like displeased with but were there some that you were kind of like I don't know how that's going to work or is there some that you were kind of like okay I'll see where it goes and at this I'll be honest I'm a little over the Marvel zombies like we did the what if episode the what if episode was great do we need to keep doing this yes um no (laughs) I'm really excited about the Spider-Man freshman year cartoon I think it looks really, really interesting. I am a little worried though, because they already confirmed that Nico Minaru from The Runaways is going to be a secondary character on that show. And my girl's queer as fuck in the as queer as heck in the comics. Language <laughs> as heck in the comics. And I don't want her reduced to just like Peter Parker's goth girlfriend. So I I will be watching Spider-Man freshman year, but I just, I want them to do Nico right and not just have her like Peter Parker's sounding board. You know, she's this in-depth, interesting character in her own respect. In this whole plan though, what I found interesting is they did not mention what if, they did not mention um, Marvel zombies in this phase, and they didn't talk about Spider-Man freshman year. Now, mind you, Spider-Man freshman year is supposed to take place before all these events that's happened. Um, We'll get to that talk later because there is some parts of me that's really confused with it and where they're going with it. Um, Will, let's jump to you. What's some of the things you're looking forward to? What are things that you're not looking forward to according to the phase plan of Marvel? Well, I'm I'm just going to glance over Wakanda forever because I have a feeling we're going to talk about it more later and I don't think there's anybody who is displeased with it. Slight, I'm slightly confused on some things, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
we've already talked about it before, Brandon. Right. But uh, I guess I can say I am kind of curious about the new uh, Agatha. I knew you were going show. to say it. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I thought she was probably one of the more entertaining characters from uh, uh, from WandaVision. I, I just thought she was pretty funny and her reveal was kind of eh, but I mean, she had a lot of good lines. So I had a feeling that show is going to have a good mix of like comedy and suspense to it. So I'm kind of curious. Um, I am really looking forward to Secret Invasion just because I'm curious if they're going to uh, introduce Hulkling because okay. I did like him a lot from the Young Avengers comics. I thought he was a very unique character. Um, Love Hulkling. Yeah. Such a sweetheart. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think uh, the new Fantastic Four, I'm cautious. I, I They had some slip-ups in the past and I really hope they can get it right this time. Okay. All right. Now, I'll tell you mine right now. Mine, I like I said, I'm a big fan of Daredevil. I, I'm glad they announced the show for him. I hope he's in the yellow and red costume in it. Not going to lie. I'm kind of sucker for that costume. I think the costume looks great. Um, She-Hulk kind of got me more entertained. I, I Like the first trailer dropped and I was kind of like, eh. But now it's kind of got me a little bit more intrigued after seeing a little bit more of what it's going to entail, everything like Emily was saying. So I'm kind of intrigued to watch it. That comes out in a couple weeks, um, which I'm excited for. The rumor is, I want to see if Emily thinks, we've talked about it. Well, you think the thing's going to be showing up? Supposedly there was rumors about the thing showing up in the movie. I I mean, I think it'd be an interesting way to introduce them. I mean, this is going to be a project taking place in New York. The fact that future <laughs> Fantastic Four characters haven't already shown up in a New York show, right. like... Well, the good I buy it. I do hope that if the thing is introduced, that they like don't gloss over his Jewish identity because that is such a big part of the character in the comics. Like he's the guy who hosts dinners on re- on religious high holidays for the superhero Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Like include that part of his character in a live action show, you car- cowards. <laughs> so, like I said, Daredevil. I'm looking forward to She Hulk. I'm actually looking forward to the Thunderbolts. Um, Willie knows I'm a huge fan of the Thunderbolts. Think of the Suicide Squad in DC, but they don't have bombs strapped to their necks. And on top of it, they're actually just villains that want redemption. And I think where they're setting it up, we already got Yolanda, we got um, US Agent, we've got a couple of Abomination. There's going to be so many that could come into this, and it could be a team. And we already know Zemo's going to be part of this. So, of course, anytime I get to see Zemo, I'm excited. Of course, I'm excited for the two Avengers movies. I'm kind of seeing, I would love to see where it's going to go, especially Secret Wars that you can bring in Tobey Maguire again. You could bring in Andrew Garfield. You could bring in all these characters that's been these characters before and put them into this movie. I think it would work perfectly. Um, yeah, the one I'm more cautious about, I don't, I, I questioned why they're even making Agatha. I, 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 when I heard that, I was like, when you get, echo which i think a lot of people crap on too it's like i'm actually looking forward to it 
it, it, oh, Echo looks like it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it is. And the fact that Charlie Cox and Vincent DeMafia, I love how Charlie Cox is just taking this and just going, I'll appear in these. I'll come in and help you guys. And, and he's been a big sport. He's going to be in Spider-Man freshman year. He's going to be in everything. But at, when it comes to that, you get Blade, you get Ironheart, which I'm excited more now too, especially seeing the trailer for Wakanda Forever and you do see Riri Williams, which I'm excited. Um, and then you get Agatha. And it's just like... Okay, would wow. you like to hear my conspiracy theory for the Agatha show? Yes, what's here? I think it's going to be a lead-in into Strange Academy. Hmm, that's interesting. That's actually a really interesting thought. I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to write that in my notes. That is, I'm going to, I'm going to hold you to it. And when it comes out in two years, and if, if it does, I'm gonna be like Emily was right. I was. <laughs> I mean, think about it. They're introducing Nico, one of those powerful magic users, in mm-hmm. Spider-Man freshman year. They could be building up to the Agatha show being a gateway to other magical characters within the MCU. That's my thought process, anyways. You want me to tell you why they finally bring Wiccan? Yeah, bring bring Wiccan. Make that work. All righty. So the main thing, uh, there's two more questions I want to ask before we really go on to our next topic. Kang is being right now set up to be the main villain for phase four, five, and six for the multiverse saga. That's what this this whole three phases are. We were in one, two, three, and it was the Infinity Saga. We're now in the multiverse saga. Mm -hmm. Do you guys kind of like this with Kang being the big baddie, or do you feel it should be somebody else? We'll start with Emily. I mean, as far as cosmic level threats go, King's pretty up there. Mm-hmm. My only issue is, I don't know. I, I take, I don't enjoy when everything is King related. I, you know, it doesn't make sense that every single superhero would be having a King related fight before the big team up. Like I want the more, individual stories like it wouldn't make sense for the bad guy for the daredevil tv show to be king you know and i i appreciate the cosmic level threats i just don't want to lose any of the street level superhero stories in the process you know right like i you know that was the biggest thing and especially introducing characters like daredevil and things like that you're taking that whole purpose away from them and spider-man is a big one too so i i that's a good point I, I, I love that point. I, I'm actually not even going to comment. That was actually, <laughs> that's awesome. Willie, what's your take on King being the main villain? I mean, it makes sense to me at least, because I believe I was talking to you before that the whole, like before they was even announced and talked about, mm-hmm. I was talking to you is like, it makes sense that the direction from where they're going, how it looks I think like I felt like they were gonna start saying, okay, this is the phase where it's all multiverse stuff, where it's like time like time and space. And because we kind of got hints to that in the last couple of shows and movies and whatnot. And now having Kane be introduced and them announcing that it is going to be a lot more multiverse focused from here on out, uh, it kind of just makes sense. And it seems to be going in the direction that I kind of anticipated. So how they're going to introduce him with like all the other heroes, like Emily said, it's some of it's not going to make a lot of sense. And there may be some conflict of interest with mm-hmm. some of the more street level villain, like fighters. But I think 
they might be able to pull it off if they handle it well. Okay. Uh, it's going to take a while, but I think they can do it. So, so I guess I'm not even going to comment. I think Emily brought up a good point. Um, the fact that we're going to get some of these street level characters and yet you're going to bring in a big multiverse villain. And that's where the big question really comes into play. Um, here's the last question I have for this. We already got an update on what if. We're getting a season two. How do you guys feel season two is going to affect? Now, mind you, season one did affect a lot what happened in Multiverse of Madness. How do you guys feel it's going to affect um, this new phase that's coming in? I don't know necessarily how it will affect it, but it is interesting hearing the proposed episodes, especially since they have talked about how they want to focus more mm -hmm. on the things that have happened in phase four. I'm hoping that we get an episode about the like half hour of cut material from Thor Love and Thunder because allegedly there was a storyline where uh, Valkyrie and Sif have a relationship with each other and mm -hmm. that was cut. And if we're doing what if episodes, like that was a lot of content that you guys already filmed, you already scripted, you already workshopped you could just roll into a what if episode i don't think that they're going to go that route but i genuinely hope that they do because that is content that i would want to see okay. i'm interested to see what other like cut ideas end up in the what if episodes like i'm sure that there was a million different versions of spider-man the new spider-man movie that didn't make it like all the way to the end like how america chavez was supposed to be in the spider-man movie in one draft like there were all these different drafts and right. it'd be really interesting to see versions of that story come to life i think they did that purposely and because of tom holland because of how much yeah. he spoils movies it either like hey america chavez is gonna come in this movie and then when he doesn't show oh shit i was wrong <laughs> like it was <laughs> well they, they filmed action. some they filmed some scenes with her and right. there was supposed to be an america chavez action figure that was popping up in some of the spider-man lego sets yeah yeah i what was it will let's go to you what do you think about what if and what how it's going to affect phase five through you know on uh before i get to that i was kind of going to comment on what uh, emily said that it reminded, like, what you were talking about, like, hearing some of the other side stories that they kind of touched upon but haven't, like, gone into. Mm -hmm. um, it brought up another idea that uh, a TikToker I saw was talking about how I feel like it would be kind of a fun series where, because, like, we see all these superheroes and during, like, all the big action scenes and when, like, the threat of the world is in, in peril or there's a big baddie who's going to destroy a town but like what happens during the off season like what happens when they're not like these big threats and there's nothing really going on what are these heroes doing and somebody like brought up the idea it would be a fun little fun little series just like heroes on the off days like <laughs> when they're not saving the world what are they doing <laughs> it, it made me think of that and i thought you know that would be pretty entertaining i would actually watch that they, they did do that they did it with thor when he was in a in a house with his roommate yeah but that was like five minutes yeah. and then they went to the action i want like a like even if it's a six episode thing i'd be happy with a six episode series 
of just heroes doing stuff on their off time. I, think I, I would find that very entertaining. The funniest one would be Hulk. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Get a little pissed off at one minute and be like, oh, you know, it's like how he does that in game. Like, Stare. toaster didn't work. Yeah, toaster didn't work. Um, yeah. As far as the What If series, I mean, I'll probably still enjoy it, but I have a like I have the same feeling as I did with uh, when they were talking about Multiverse of Madness and people had their theories that uh, this is going to be kind of in lines of what What If did. Mm-hmm. It's just confusing to me. I don't understand why people would want to mesh the what if stories with the Marvel continuity because that's what they are. They're what ifs. What if this happened? I, I don't, I like to hear the what if. I don't want to see that as a full movie part of the whole continuity of the story. It's, it's kind of defeating the purpose of a what if. See, I'll dis, I agree and disagree because look at this. We got Captain Carter out of it, right? Even though, yeah, spoiler alert, she gets cut in half by Wanda. Okay, but we still get something we want. We still got something that we were looking forward to. There is rumors that she will be returning from another universe, even though that's kind of getting annoying. I think this is where going to be a lot of turnoffs for people because like even friends of ours have straight up said they're not looking forward to seeing a multiverse situation. Uh, so about Captain Carter, the Captain Carter that dies in Multiverse of Madness is apparently not the same Captain Carter from the What If show. So... We might still see her in a live act. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'll tell you this right now. Here's two stories I would love to see. And I know they've been talking about this. World War Hulk. I want to see an episode. I think that would be a great one to have in for Secret Wars. Another one I would love to see is actually off Love and Thunder. What if Gore was successful? For a lot of people, and Will and I have talked about this before, Gore... It's art. It's arguable if he's really sympathetic, or if he's a ma- he is a mass murderer. But it's one of those things like you can understand his story, and it's always a religious aspect. Everything that really ever, all of us really talked about that part. But I would love to see that because I would. I think a lot of people. I'll admit right now, Love and Thunder was not my favorite Thor movie. I still will say that to this day. Fact being that you put in Gore, who's one of the most violent villains. Thor's mythology and yet you don't really get the whole depth of his story that's where they failed with Gore Christian Bale perfect for the role I would love to see him again but I want to see a what if story what if Gore kind of go more into that story a little bit more like Emily said to kind of go more into that story where they cut off so much and what stinks is Taika Waititi is straight up said he is not going to release a director's cut so every, I'm pissed with that because I was like, I want to see more gore. I would love to see the Lady Sif and Valkyrie relationship. I would love to see a lot. Now, now, the thing is, I agree with you on gore because I would love to see more about him and see if, like, what if he won. Right. But, I mean, like, like I said, I, I feel like a broken record, but if that, what if he won became continuity to this, like the universe that they made, then it defeats the purpose of the what if and it's to me it's just kind of annoying okay so i think we've talked enough about the phase you know like the phases of what they announced of course we're going to talk about a couple trailers that were dropped first one of course we're going to talk about is one i know emily is excited to talk about the wakanda forever trailer 
Now the drop first trailer dropped during this. It was more of a tribute video, more I would think in my what I noticed for Chad. And they even announced at the con this was dedicated to Chadwick Boseman. I'm sorry if we don't see a Chadwick Boseman little Marvel scroll in the beginning of the movie like they did for Stan Lee, I'm gonna lose my crap. Willie will probably see me walk out of the theater. <laughs> okay. Now, big things came out of this. Let's talk about the biggest one, Namor. Namor was finally seen. Now, a lot of people real, don't realize is that he is still owned by Universal. Same thing as the Hulk. That's why they didn't really make a Hulk movie. Disney can't really make a Hulk movie. They have, it's weird. They have access to She-Hulk, but yet they don't have access to the Hulk. Namor is owned by Universal still. Now, I'm going to let, turn the mic over to Emily because I know you are very excited for this. The only takeaway I'm going to make away with this is I, I love the whole twist of the story that he is of my like a, a Hispanic descent. But the problem I have with it is like it takes away the mutant side of him. And I don't really know if I like that because he is a mutant in the comics. I mean, spoiler alert for the Miss Marvel TV show, but Miss Marvel is Pakistani and also a mutant. Right. Like you can be more than one thing, especially, you know, that's just how people work, you know, like, but I'm not going into the Miss Marvel stuff. <laughs> Willie's not a big fan of the show. I grew to I mean, enjoy it, but it was something it took me a couple episodes to finally get into the story. Regardless of one's personal feelings about the show, the show and the MCU have established that people can be multiple different things you know namor can still be a mutant it's just mutants are only just starting to be introduced in this story but that's not something that he might he might not say i am a mutant in this movie that that moment might come at a later date kind of deal and i don't think there's anything wrong with it they're trying to figure out how to tell this story in a way that won't get them sued quite honestly right and I'm excited to see it. I honestly did not know much about Namor or honestly care much about Namor. In the back of my head, he was just the guy that Sue Storm cheated on her crappy husband with periodically. <laughs> but the moment I saw the casting, I was like, okay, I need to read some Namor stories. I need to understand the appeal. And I still don't quite understand the appeal because he just seems like uh, a not nice person in the comics but uh, i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited to see something that might prove me wrong right. i guess no or maybe he's a lovable not nice person right. kind of deal so i can talk from i i, I actually like namor namor is probably one of my only mutant or not one of my mutant but one of my only favorite characters from marvel other than spider-man of course some of the main obvious ones namor is an anti-hero it's kind of like an aquaman situation the fact that he is for his people he is not out to be a hero he will do what's best for his people and that's all that matters now what i like about namor well i think a lot of people don't realize this namor is one of the first marvel characters ever created even before captain america even before iron man even before pretty much all the main characters you know and love today he is one of the, he i believe he is the first character that was really mainstream that became later on mainstream for marvel Namor is just an interesting character. The fact that you never know where his ties land. Sometimes he's with the Illuminati. Sometimes he's with the Brotherhood of Evil. It's up to what he feels is best. I actually like his design. 
I think his design looks amazing. I'm not trapping on that. I just feel like that's where I think, and I'm glad Emily kind of explained that a little bit more because I didn't really think of it that way. I just kind of thought you're kind of taking away what Namor is. And that's where it's just like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but then listen, they kept the pointy ears. They kept the wings on the shoes <laughs> and they kept the tiny green speedo. That is comic what book accuracy at its finest. It was, it was <laughs> funny because when my boss watched, um, one of my bosses, he said he's watching the trailer. He goes, hey, it's Namor. And I was like, how do you know if it's even Namor? He's got the wing on the feet. He's got the wings on the feet. I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> like, okay. I know it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, watch, all of them are going to have wings on their feet. How do you know it's Namor now? Like, it's one of those weird things. But it could be Namora. Oh, my. <laughs> it, it just, I always like to have fun with him. He's, all, he's, he's a good friend of mine, too, and all that. But one of the main things I want to talk about before we really go on to, like, Ironheart and stuff like that, is that, one, we're going to get a war between Atlantis and Wakanda which that is amazing. But what the rumor is, is that there's another villain behind it. In the comics or in the trailer, you see a ship and you see some armed guys coming in and invading the ship. The rumor is, is they might actually adapt a comic called Doom War. Now, anybody who does not know what Doom War is, Dr. Doom instigates a war between Wakanda and Atlantis. Main objective was to destabilize Wakanda so Doom could plunder Wakanda's vibranium. There is rumors right now that Killian Murphy, for anybody who does not know, has appeared in a comic book movie, and one of my favorites, Batman Begins. He is Scarecrow. Is supposedly rumored to play Doctor Doom as of right now. Does not mean it's set in stone, but there is a lot of talks. Do you want to see Doctor Doom in this film? And you think he'd be a better multiverse villain compared to Kank? I don't know. I I don't like when sequel movies have like a million bad guys because it feels like <laughs> a lazy writing decision. Like, oh, how are we going to up the ante? We're going to have 12 bad guys that he has to fight at once. Like, I despised the last Christopher Nolan Batman movie because it just felt like a million bad guys and none of them got any screen time and Talia was just there. So if they can do Doom well, by all means have him in this movie. But if he's just going to be a shadowy mask in the corner going, ha, I have manipulated these people to do this for me. This is the Doom War. Then like, I don't know, leave him out, save him for something else. I, I don't think we'll see him. I'll, I'll admit right now. I don't think we'll see him, but I do think we'll get like hints to him. Like who's really doing this? Because I think it's going to last a couple movies and then we're going to finally figure out where Doom stands and kind of see more. Because at this point you have to introduce him because we already know Fantastic Four is not going to be an origin story. It's already come out. The fact that you have to find a way to adapt him at this point in time if you don't put him in soon how are you going to really adapt him to becoming the fantastic four that's how i look at it will what's your thoughts yeah. on i mean i both kind of agree and disagree with emily where i agree that it's really annoying when they like bombard us with all these villains but where i disagree is that i would prefer him to just be a sideline villain that doesn't have conflict with anybody but is just working in the shadows because then that could kind of make sense 
for an introduction later on with the Fantastic Four being the main villain for them. Um, if he was just like on the battlefield fighting against uh, fighting against the heroes along with the other villains, then it would just be kind of annoying. Just too much bad, too much baddies. So I would much prefer to see him I'm villain, but before that, I would much prefer to not see him at all. Okay. Alrighty. So let's talk about the other one I know Emily's decided to talk about. Ironheart is going to make her first appearance here. Now, a lot of people don't realize there is a scene in the trailer with her ba- a, a teenager, I would say. You know, I, I can't really say little girl because she she's older than a little girl. But send there pounding just like Iron Man in the first movie. Let me see a little heart. That is Ironheart for anybody who does not know. Emily, what is your take on Ironheart appearing in Wakanda Forever first? I was a bit hesitant when they announced it because I I feel like this is going to sound weird. I'm not a big fan of in comic books when all of the characters of color of a specific background are related to each other in some way, shape, or form. Like, I don't know. It kind of bothers me that Jon Stewart's sister is Black Lightning's ex-wife in the Young Justice TV show. (laughs) It's like, are all of the Black DC superheroes related? Do they all go to the same parties? Like, I I don't know. It feels weird. So my initial thought... That would be a fun what if. (laughs) My initial thought was hesitancy. Right. but honestly, after seeing the trailer and after seeing the actress who plays Riri like talk about the role and how important it is to her, like I'm, I'm excited. I really hope that they do this well. And I think that with the context of the story, it makes sense. Like they, they ended the last Black Panther movie by saying we're going to create all of these satellite programs and all of these different communities to share our technology with people it makes sense that Riri would have been a young recipient of one of those programs. It's not just like Shuri put out an all call, like if you are a black teenage girl who wants to be a superhero, let me know and I'll tell you how. It's not anything like that. It like it feels set up, it doesn't feel out of the blue. So I'm interested. I really like the character of Riri, mostly because she's one of the few like characters that we see in comics that regularly struggles with social anxiety mm-hmm. like in marvel the only characters that explicitly say that they struggle with anxiety that i know of are like riri and gertie from the runaways comics and like i like how riri in the comics isn't necessarily the best at making friends and she really struggles and the reason why she gets along so well with the tony stark ai is because he's an ai not a human being anymore right uh so i don't I'm, I'm really excited to see this like anxious smarty pants come to life and be a really cool superhero right all right what about you will take on Ironheart heart riri williams um i don't know i never like i don't mind Ironheart as a character like she's obviously super smart she has a lot going for her and like i'm curious to see like how she's developed in this story how they how they fight her i've just never been a fan of her in the comics just because of like her actions and behavior in the early in like her early appearances i just 
I don't know. I was never a fan of the early appearances of Ironheart, but I don't know. They could have, I haven't read all of her comics either, so I could, like, I don't really know too much about her, but they could develop her pretty well in this, and I think having her first appearance in Wakanda Forever, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea because with her intellect and like knowledge of tech and stuff, having her mesh with the technology of Wakanda, seeing how that plays out, it would be pretty interesting. It, it'd be a very like different backstory take for the character that I think would make a little bit more sense to me personally. But yeah, I'm curious. I'll, I'll say curious. Okay. So without, you know, so I guess when we're going to the last question, the main question of the trailer. In the end of the trailer, we do see the Black Panther suit, but we do not know who the Black Panther is. There is rumors going around that according to the last lyrics of the song, it says, when I wake up, and then that's when the claws come out. There is a rumor going around that Killamonger might be coming back. How? I don't know. Do I hope that? No. At this point, just keep him dead. Who do you guys think is going to be the Black Panther? And I'm going to start with Emily. So, spoiler alert, just in case I happen to be right about anything on the off chance. <laughs> in the trailer, we hear Angela Bassett's character say, all of my family is dead. That leads me to believe that Shuri will die in the movie. Which I don't think would be especially surprising because Letitia Wright has made some very vocal comments about trans people and about vaccines that are not necessarily the most PC. And there have been rumors for years that Marvel has been trying to either recast the role or get rid of Shuri entirely. So I don't think that the Black Panther is going to be Shuri. My conspiracy theory is that Nakia is pregnant and that someone else will be taking over the role of Black Panther kind of like as a regent until presumably Nakia's son is old enough to take on the role of Black Panther. I think that that person is most likely going to be Umbaku, but it could be Killmonger. We don't know. That, but that's my thought process. I think that there's going to be like a Black Panther regency going on. Now, I want to piggyback off that before I turn it over to Will, because there is a rumor going around, too, that in the trailer, when we see that flood coming into Wakanda, there is a little kid. Now, what they're saying is that's who T'Challa's son is. Now, we don't know if that's true or not. And, you know, would I like that theory? Yeah, because then you really could adapt him and he could become a Black Panther later on. But... We'll see. Um, Will, let's jump to you quick. Who do you think? Uh, who is that one character that you really like, the vegetarian? M'Baku. M'Baku, yeah. I wanted to be him. <laughs> He's funny. Here's the problem I no. have with M'Baku. <laughs> M'Baku in the comics is a villain. He is the white ape. Don't ask me what Marvel was thinking and calling that character a white ape. But he is. The way they put it in the movies, you can't make him a villain. I'm sorry. You just can't. He's so likable. You can't make a villain like or him out of a villain now. I'm sorry. You had your chance. You make him likable. 
nobody's going to go against him. All right, well, Fari, I want I wanted to go on my rant about Mbaku. I like Mbaku. <laughs> but, He's a good character. But yeah, um, I don't really know. I think it could go any anywhere at this point. To me, I think it would actually be pretty cool. Like they're definitely not going to do it, but I would think it would be pretty cool if they brought um, uh, Bucky back to be the White Wolf. But yeah, it's definitely not going to happen, but I kind of would like to see it, see if they went anywhere with that. But I don't know. I'm still rooting for Shuri. I So here's my theory about Shuri. I think she is going to be the Black Panther at one point in the movie, and then that's when she's going to die. I do think that's going to happen. Well, that's because, upsetting. Well, let's put this, <laughs> well, here's the reason why. Let's look at the first Black Panther movie. Black Panther 1, Killamonger burns all those herbs. All the herbs, everything that gives the powers of the Black Panther. There is no more. The last one was given to T'Challa. So Shuri's going to do it and act like, I got to step up, but she doesn't have those powers. And she's going to get hurt or she's going to get killed. She's going to use drugs. Let's put it this way. I'm shocked you guys haven't both mentioned this. I'm thinking it's Okoye. I would love to see Okoye as the Black Panther. I think she has that skill set. I think she has that ability. People are saying you could look at the butt. And I go, no, I don't look at the butt. I'm sorry. That is not what I look at. It's just one of those things like, I hope it's not Killamonger. I hope it's not M'Baku. And I hate to say it because I think they make him likable to the point he could be it. But I think at this point, you have to make it a woman. Why not Okoye? I do love her so much. I, I like Okoye. Okoye is one of my favorite characters. He, other than M'Baku, she's probably my second favorite character of the movie. And she if is. Nakia is pregnant, I don't think that there is anyone else that T'Challa would trust with her safety than Okoye. Exactly. And Okoye, I think, is going to step up because she's going to have to realize Wakanda needs a hero. And it can't be Angela Bassett. I've heard rumors about that. I'm like, she's too old. You can't make her the Black Panther. Akoye, she's so pretty, though. She is. I loved her whole thing of the whole, every scene with her in it. I thought she looked beautiful. And I thought her speech, everything was so perfect. But to make her the Black Panther, I don't think that can happen. And I think it's going to end up being, to me, it should be. You can do it with CGI. They no. do it with everything else. You can have a CGI. No. <laughs> We're not Star Wars, okay? We don't CGI faces on the face, okay? Excuse but, me. <laughs> all righty. But that's my concerns. I think we talked a lot about Wakanda Forever trailer. Are you guys, I, 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 it's kind of a silly question. You guys are going to go watch it or no? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go watch it myself. I know, Emily, I know you've been excited for this. Oh, yeah. So, I think we can go on right to the next trailer. Um, let's talk about the She-Hulk trailer. And then we're not going to go into depth, but we're going to go into some points. Um, She-Hulk's second trailer did come out, um, which I'll tell you right now was better than the first. I thought it, it was more intriguing. The first thing I want to mention is, though, she's breaking the fourth wall. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I don't. It bugged me. I don't know why. Historical precedence. <laughs> She's been breaking the fourth wall longer than Deadpool's been around. Come on. Come on. 
I kind of like the little thing, like he 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 doesn't mean that. And then like Hulk and her just look at the same time. <laughs> she was just like, what this is. <laughs> it, it, I I like the second trailer more. Um, reason being, but so Emily, you you're actually okay with the fourth wall breaking with She Hulk. I don't want them to do it all the time, always, but I think a wink and a nudge here. You know, it has been a part of the character for a long time before there were characters like Deadpool or Gwenpool. Like She-Hulk was the character who was on the cover of the comic book saying, buy my comic or else. I like the, you know, the wink and the nudge. I think that if it's like every five minutes then it would get a little grating. But if it's just like once an episode, I think it's going to be fine. Okay. Well, what about you? I honestly think it would be hilarious if that's the only time they do it. <laughs> if they do it that one time, then they look like, wait, who am I talking to? And then they never do that again. But in the trailer, it shows they do it twice because she does it when she's looking at the computer and looks back at the screen. So it's two times. They, they don't always include everything from the trailers. We know that for a fact. Well, we know that with Infinity War. Yeah. So... um i've already voiced my opinion on it but talk about the big bang thing that comes in at the end of the trailer daredevil does show up mm-hmm. and it's classic red yellow outfit now it still looks like the outfit that charlie cox does wear in the show in the netflix series but it is has its little perks with yellow now emily what was your take on seeing daredevil at the end of the movie and at the end of the trailer i'm really excited because all of the building blocks are here for one of my favorite She-Hulk storylines. Old man Rogers oh. in court for murder. <laughs> You've got Matt Murdock for the prosecution. You've got Jen Walters for the defense. And you have Steve, who's so old, he genuinely doesn't remember if he accidentally killed a guy in the 40s. Have you ever watched it? Have you ever watched the TLDR they do for it? It is so hilarious what they do. Oh, I haven't seen that, no. That is one of my favorite comic book storylines. Picture with me here, Matt Murdock, who is, you know, average height for a man, just staring up at Jen Walters, who's like nine foot nothing in a pantsuit. And she's like, yeah, you're not going to win this fight, buddy. I'm going to win this fight. And Matt Murdock's like, I'm just as good a lawyer as you are. And she hulks, she's like, sure thing, sweetie. Whatever you say, sweetheart. I... I want that storyline in live action so badly. The TLDR pretty much it's like Steve goes to Jennifer to ask for, you know, ask for her help. And then, and she goes, and he goes, oh, and Matt Murdock, she goes, who would ever want to persecute you? And then here comes Matt Murdock walking in. Hi. And she goes, Matt Murdock, you're supposed to be friends with Rogers. And he goes, that's why I asked him. I want him to be a fair trial. It's like, this is- Which is so Steve Rogers. (laughs) It's the stupidest thing. I'll just send you the link. I, I, that is the one I laughed at the most. (laughs) I was just sitting there like, I want to read this. I know the story. I've read the story and it, I want to see that too. That was my first thought. like, oh, we're going to get this. This is going to be fun. Willing, take on Daredevil. I love Daredevil. Do you like him in these yellow red? Don't outfits? give me don't give me too clout, but the Ben Affleck Daredevil was my like first, not my first big showing of Daredevil because I played the old Spider-Man games and he was in it. But I kind of did fall in love with Daredevil from that show. So 
any adaptation of Daredevil that comes out, I am excited to see, and I don't think they've done him wrong yet. So, see, I'm excited to see him. So I'm it right now. I, I watched that. That was my first introduction to Daredevil. Was the movie? I didn't care for it, but there was one part I loved, and if he was still alive, I would love him to come back to play Kingpin, Michael Clark Duncan. I thought he played an excellent Kingpin. Compared to Vincent DeBafio, it's a real, really pretty much a coin toss or a coin toss or ugh, coin toss. There we go. I can get the words out today. I like both of them, and not gonna lie, seeing Daredevil made me excited. That literally is what turned my tide of the show. And the fact that they have come out and said it's not a one-off, he is going to be a big part of the show. And I was just like, I'm in. I want to see this. I want to watch more of this. Let's see where it goes. Um, you know what actually really has me excited about watching the show now is all these side character heroes that they're throwing in at, on the sidelines for like cases and just random appearances. These are all just random heroes that can be found in comic books. Now, let's talk about one of these random heroes that do appear in this trailer. Wong. Wong appears. I thought that was the funniest exchange in the whole sneaking trailer. It's like, the Book of Ashanti? No, the Book of American Law. It is, it, it's just one of those things that I have to ask. Is it bugging you that pretty much Wong is pretty much in everything now? Because we've seen him in Shang-Chi. We've seen him in Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, I'm not sure if he was, he wasn't in the Eternals, but he did show up in Multiverse Madness. Of course, that's a Doctor Strange movie. I'm not sure. I can't remember if he appeared in Thor Love and Thunder. I don't think he did, but it seems like he's appearing more now than in it. It doesn't bother me that he's showing up in things. I just want Marvel to do more with him because it feels like right now he's just the cameo guy or Doctor Strange sidekick. Like he is officially... The sorcerer. the sorcerer supreme but he just shows up in other people's stories and it's just like i don't know i would love well, to see a project where he actually gets some front and center this story is about me time right i don't disagree but i do think it kind of makes sense how he just randomly shows up especially when like magic sort of related stuff is involved Right. because he is the Sorcerer Supreme, so he has to keep tabs on everything. That's why he's randomly showing up places. Right. His battle with Abomination was a little out there, but I mean, I enjoyed it. Hey, that was fun. Don't 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 ever get me excited. That was a fun <laughs> battle. I don't care. Um, I, I, I don't mind it, but I agree. I want to see more. I want to see him the Sorcerer Supreme, not a fun little kickoff character that nobody cares about. Because I feel like that's what they're doing, kind of like what they did in Shang-Chi, even though I liked the Shang-Chi movie and what he did in the movie, it kind of felt like you're just one-siding him. Like, make him more adaptable, make him more lovable, make him more the Sorcerer Supreme, and I don't think they're doing that yet. Um, so the last question I have for this comes out in a couple weeks. You guys excited for the show? You guys not excited? Are you guys watching this when it first comes out? Emily? Yeah, I'm watching it. I'm watching all of these projects, even the ones I'm not excited about, because I want to know what's going on. Well, uh, what was it? What about you? Are you going to watch the first episode when it does drop, or are you going to wait? I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I, if I spoil not, saying, not just saying that I'm going to put it off and I'm not interested. It's just, I feel like before I do anything, I just need to suck it up, sit down and watch Miss Marvel, and then catch up on all the other shows that I've kind of been putting off on the sideline miss marvel i do need to catch up miss marvel is 
obviously something that everyone tells me I should watch. So and that, I should sit down and watch it. I have I haven't been doing it. All right. So I'm watching it. I'm not even gonna play. I'm gonna watch the first week. I'm gonna be texting Emily, making sure we're watching it, and I'm gonna make sure what she thinks and we'll go from there. Um Let's go to the other big MCU news um, that was dropped. So during the whole announcement for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium, there was, it is a blink of a blink and you'll miss it moment, according to fans. There is a scene that does show MODOK. Now, we don't know who MODOK's playing yet. We don't know who, everything about him yet. But he is appearing in this movie. Now, we're not going to go too much into this because, again, it was a speculation, but I also noticed what I've seen of it. I have seen that where it looked like Modoc's head showing. Do you hope this is true? And if so, who do you want to play him? Listen, if it's not Patton Oswald, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I knew somebody was going to say it. Um, the Modoc show was so much fun, and then they canceled it. Yes. Um, that was one of the best. That was one of the funniest Marvel shows I have ever watched in my life. <laughs> so you're oh, wait, one. They canceled it. Yeah, they canceled it. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to. I didn't get to sit finish seeing watching it because I got uh, disconnected from Hulu. Oh no! It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, and they canceled it. I hope it's Patton Oswalt. I, I there's rumors. What I've heard doesn't mean it's true. Rumors that Jim Carrey is right now being taught. I hope not. I want him to retire at this point. Stick with what you said. Move on. I don't want you to be in the MCU. And especially MODOK. Because if you make it an MCU, you have to somewhat make him serious. He could be a laughable character, yes. But you can't make him... It's not like him as the Riddler. You can't make him that way. Patton Oswalt would be perfect casting. I'm sorry. Willie? Patton Oswalt? Or who at this point? And do you hope this is true? I hope it's not true, but if it is, <laughs> even though I don't necessarily like him all that well, I think he did an amazing job in the Modoc show. I, I you have to have Pat Oswald. Okay. Um, oh, and and for listeners who are fans of Pat Oswald being in superhero projects, please remember that the Sandman TV show drops tomorrow on Netflix and Patton Oswalt is playing a abusive husband reborn as a crow. So you should definitely check that out. <laughs> Willie's face just went yeah. excited and then it went, what? <laughs> I didn't know about that, but <laughs> yeah, still I, awesome. Now, mind you, this is when we're recording the day before the show comes out. Um, we'll get to the Sandman trailer later because oh, yes. that, was a big, that was a big San Diego Comic-Con trailer too. I am looking forward to that show. Not even going to lie, but we are going to finish our Marvel news and then we will jump right to DC. Um, X-Men 97, we got its first looks. Now, it's no trailers. This is a continuation of the X-Men beloved series in the 1990s. Um, It is set right now to come out sometime in 2023 on Disney+. Plus. What's interesting is that Magneto is leading the team. Now... The design is supposedly inspired by John Romita Jr. design. Now, what's your ties takes on Magneto leading the team instead of Professor Xavier? And especially in the continuation of X-Men, the animated series. I'll start with Emily on that. 
Um, I mean, I am personally not the biggest Professor X fan. Uh, I think that he is manipulative and creepy and much in the way of when you reread Harry Potter as an adult, you realize how terrible Dumbledore is. Uh, it's the similar vibes. I never even thought about that. <laughs> oh, I'm personally a-okay with Magneto leading the team because in my humble opinion, he can't do worse. All right, well, Magneto leading the team. Depends on who's playing. It's the same. So all the main voice actors that were in the show are coming back to reprise their roles. The only one that's different right now is the woman who originally voiced Jubilee. Now, Jubilee was played... I can't remember the actress name, but she is still going to be in the show, but she wants to open up for an Asian American to come and voice her role. Yes. The, I believe the voice actress is one of the critical role team. Uh, and she's publicly stated that she wants to open the role up to an Asian actress. Yep. So that is the rumor right now. Now the design for Magneto looks amazing. I'm looking forward to his design. I thought it looked amazing the way it was shown. I think it looks perfect the way it's designed. Um, leading the team, yeah, I agree. I'm not a Professor Xavier fan. I can't think of the X-Men without having Professor Xavier, someone existing. But whenever he's not, you can't have, go wrong with Magneto. I agree. Um, so let me ask you guys this. What the original voice actors, the guy who's playing Wolverine's coming back, pretty much all the main cast is coming back. What do you think about this series? And will you watch it when it comes out? Emily? Yes. Body yeah, I'll be. Because Gambit's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it. I honestly haven't seen all of the original cartoons because it was a little before my time, but my husband was a huge fan of the show growing up. So I already know that we're going to have like popcorn and soda movie nights just like <laughs> watching the cartoon together and me going, wait, who is that character? And him for once being able to explain something comic book related to me. He's looking forward to it immensely. I remember this was a show I told Willie I never watched as a kid and Willie just looked at me and goes, what's wrong with you? And <laughs> it's just one of those like, so I started watching when I got Disney Plus um, when it came out and I finally finished watching the series. I love the series. Not compared to Batman, the you know Batman the animated series or Justice League. Of course, I can't put it that high, but Batman is a fair argument. Justice League is very close. Yeah, I love the Justice League show. It's honestly one of my favorite TV shows but, of all time. But okay, I can put one over. I can put a Marvel show over X Men. You want me to tell you what I put? Spider Man the animated series. That's a fair argument. Even the spectacular Spider Man, I would put up there too. I think the spectacular. What about Spider-Man and his super friends? No, God, no. <laughs> that was just a spinoff of stinking super friends. We don't talk about that. That was the same animation, everything. Now, Will, you already answered it. You're watching it. I yeah. know you were when it came. It's out. probably going to be the same thing, like Emily said with her husband. It's going to be the same thing with me and Carrie, my fiance. Where it's the difference will be, I'll sit there and watch the show. And then anytime there's an episode that features Gambit, I'll have to call her and say, Honey, Gambit's on! What was it? And then you're going to be, I'll be watching. He's like, hey, Brandon, get out. I'm like, fine. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go back to a topic that we talked about earlier. Spider-Man freshman year announced. Now, 
This is taking place before the events of Homecoming and the events of Civil War. So this is going to be in the outfit that he makes. It is going to be an animated series. On top of it, one of the biggest news, Charlie Cox, like we said, who's known to play Daredevil in the Netflix series, is coming back to reprise his role as Daredevil in the animated series. But what's interesting is Tom Holland's not coming back to reprise his role as Spider-Man. Yeah, so I don't want to correct you, so, but it is a multiverse story, so it isn't right. the Tom Holland Spider-Man's freshman year. This is a multiverse story where instead of Tony Stark being Peter Parker's mentor, it's Harry Osborn. And this version of Harry Osborn is a black man. So it is a multiverse story. This is not the Willem Dafoe, uh, Harry Osborn. Or wait, no, Harry's the son. Sorry. Harry's son. Norman is the... Norman, yes. Sorry. So but... We're even. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're good. We're good. But like I said before, Nico Minaru from The Runaways is going to be a, re- a reoccurring character. The character designs are very much inspired by Jack Kirby's art style, which is really exciting. I love seeing that in cartoon form. I'm really excited for the show. I think it looks really neat. I, I'm not going to lie. Like the multiverse situation, I didn't read into that portion of it, which it does make more sense now. But the main thing I have a problem with is Norman Osborn. Now, fact being that this is what I thought was more, this is what's set before Homecoming. And at this point, if they do that, how are you going to really explain that? Because at this point, he didn't know Norman Osborn until Willem Dafoe from another universe comes into play. That's where I was kind of like, how are you going to really mention that? Because Tony has always been kind of his mentor in the movies. And the multiverse situation does explain it. But even then, I'm kind of skeptical because it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. We're going to get another Green Goblin situation. Here we're going to do this. And bingo, we're going to go downhill. And two, I don't know if I like Tom Holland not returning. It, it bugs me a little bit. Like, I understand he wants to take a break from the character. Completely understandable. But you do realize you're going to have to show back up sometime somewhere. Unless they're just going to recast them entirely. And I don't think fans are going to be excited for that. Uh, I'm not going to be excited for it. Unless you bring Tobey Maguire back, then I'd be excited. (laughs) You can't do it. Um, What's your thoughts all about the series? Emily, I'm going to turn it over to you. Thoughts on the series? Are you excited for it? You're not. What are you excited for? What are you not excited for? Let me rephrase. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty positive about it I think the point of having a multiverse is being able to tell these different stories the what if this character existed and was important to this character at a different time kind of stories like Mm -hmm. the what if series gets into it on an episode by episode basis but I think that there's space for long-form stories and again me with my conspiracy theory tin hat on (laughs) tin hat whatever tinfoil hat that's what i'm going for um if you have a cartoon that's starting with a younger spider-man who is not the same spider-man that means that if tom holland eventually retires from the role you have backup spider-man in the wings i would prefer for that backup spider-man to be miles morales but i feel like disney is trying to play it safe and make sure that they have 
either legacy characters available or new versions of the same characters available for when people's contracts go up. And two, they ain't, Sony ain't getting rid of Miles. They're not. At this point, yeah. they're not even going to make a deal with Disney. They're, yeah. they're making too much money off them. Yeah. Will, what's your thoughts about the series? Well, I'm just happy to know that it's not like MCU continuity anymore. You well, have me shaken up about that. It, I think it's, it still is. It's a multi- it can be. If it's, if it's a multiverse story that takes place in a multiverse. When Spider-Man, it, when Spider-Man is in high school and they have Doc Ock as part of everything, it, it's not going to make any sense. It can be a multiverse story. They don't have to connect it to the MCU universe. We're going to see it. And Willie's going to get pissed off and walk out of the theater. <laughs> if they connect it, then it's not going to make any sense. I'm going to be confused. I'm going to have a horrible well, time. but still enjoy the film. It's, exactly. a, it's, a, it's a show, and it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, Grant. But mm. Willie, Hate the movie. Yeah, Will, <laughs> Will, Willie's, what Willie's trying to mention is kind of like, if they find a way to connect that show to a movie and make it, even though it's part of the multiverse saga, it's going... I. I you, if they're going to make a Secret Wars movie, don't be shocked if that version doesn't show up. I hate the Secret Wars invasion. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm, just, I'm just messing around. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I, I, you already know I love Spider-Man and being able to see an animated show on it, I love animation and I love what they're going to... I love the possibilities of what they're going to do, who they can introduce because there was a lot of characters that are associated with Spider-Man. And... If they do get some sort of tie-in with Mar- Miles Morales, if they can work out that contract to have him appear in one of the episodes, that would be pretty cool as well. I still think it would be awesome to see a show, like a multiverse show, where you have the different art styles uh, for each multiverse that they go to. When they go to a different universe, it's like a completely different art style. Kind of like the multiverse of madness situation where it's all the comic book one thing and then it's this and then it's this and I I yeah okay so I would enjoy it I'm gonna watch it I'm kind of scared about it but I will watch it um of course like any MCU show I'm gonna watch this whole thing um so right now that's slated to be released in 2024 on Disney Plus but on the talk of animation we do have one more animation that was announced Marvel Zombies is spinning out of what if. And is the first TVMA rating in a Marvel series. Now, what we know about it so far, like we said, it's the first show to ever get the MCU in the MCU that gets the rated MA. Among the undead monsters include the Scarlet Witch, Ghost from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Hawkeye, Abomination, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Icarus from the Eternals, and there's more. But those are the main ones that they're announcing. Among the survivors. Yelena, Black Widow, Kate Bishop, that's going to be a fun duo, Jimmy Woo, Shang-Chi, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, Death Dealer from Shang-Chi, Red Guardian from Black Widow, and Katie from Shang-Chi. They're going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said earlier, I'm just so over the Marvel zombies. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel mean, like I'm going to end up watching it just to have something on in the background while I'm doing dishes or something. This is where me and Willie are going to start doing the pulling these podcasts and get drunk. 
<laughs> sit here and get drunk during this podcast because i am not looking forward to this show i think it's stupid i've told willie this many times when we did the marvel zombie storyline i went why did he have to do this and because it was zombies month well no no well not exactly zombies month but zombies were included yeah it was halloween month but i'm i'm not looking forward to this i i am one of those just like no this should not happen. After hearing the Survivor team, I'm like, okay, Yelena, I'm down. Kate Bishop, that'd be a fun duo. Jimmy Woo. And I went, we're all dead. Like, there's not even a fight here. <laughs> we're all Listen, I love Jimmy. I love the agents of Atlas. But why the he- heck is Aquafina on this team? I don't understand. That was the one thing. Is like, how did she survive? <laughs> She'd be the first one dead out of all of them. <laughs> like Shane Chi, I could understand, but him and her and Death Dealer. That I mean, dies quick in the movie or in the big battle, one of the first ones that dies. It's just like, no, <laughs> that shouldn't happen. If, if we're gonna, if we're gonna be fair at all in Shang Chi, she does become a very accomplished archer, so we can give her that. Doesn't yes, mean she's Kate gonna Bishop exists. Yeah, Kate Bishop Just is put our Kate partner. Bishop on the team. I'm sorry. Who am I gonna trust my life with? Kate Bishop or Katie? I want to trust my life with Kate Bishop. Guys, 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 you're forgetting one crucial thing. You guys are getting all these shows that you want to watch. Just let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I think we've went over that. I'm not looking forward to watching this. This would probably be the one MCU show I go, I'm skipping. I'm not even going to attempt it. Emily, what about you? Eh, it'll be on in the background sometime, I'm sure. Willie, yes. Let me have this. (laughs) So last bit of Marvel news that came out. um, um, Pretty much, it's not a big thing, but it is kind of a big thing for X-Men fans. Um, Extreme X-Men Returns to comic books with a five-part miniseries written by probably one of the most famous X-Men writers of all time, Chris Claremont, is coming back. I am looking forward to this. Chris Claremont is one of my favorite writers, writes one of my favorite X-Men books of all time, which is God Love, Man Kills. Um, Still, to to me, probably one of the most important comic books written in the X-Men universe. Um, Picks up right after the series that was written in 2004. Um, The team, this team revolves around Katie Pryde along with Storm, Wolverine, Rogue, Gambit, Bishop, Sage, and Phoenix to deal with a big threat. That's all the news we've been told so far. Right now, it's slated for a release in November 2022. Um, What do you think about the series, especially Chris Claremont coming back? Um, Emily? Yeah, I'm I'm hyped. I mean, when you think X-Men, you think Chris Claremont. Like, I haven't read a whole bunch of X-Men, but even I know that. Either him or Grant Morrison, or Stanley, of course. Those are your three main. Oh ones. yeah, Grant Morrison just makes them weird, and I like it. I like Doom Patrol. Of course, I want to like this. Willie, Chris Claremont coming back to X Men. Yeah, um, I am kind of excited, and I like the I like the description where they left it kind of vague of what this big threat is. Mm-hmm. It got my head going. Is like maybe they're going to do something completely new and introduce like a new villain or something right which would be kind of kind of cool because we're not going over the same villains all the time they'd be able to introduce something new something we haven't seen before so i am very curious about it okay so 
that's really the last bit of Marvel news. I'm excited with Chris Claremont. I will probably put this on my pull list. Is it going to go on your pull list, Emily? Let's ask you that. With Chris Claremont coming back, or are you kind of skipping out on this one? I mean, I still have like over 50 years of X Men to catch up on, but I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna get this wrong. I know. Time our, for a book reading marathon. Yeah. Woo! I know. I know. Our buddy, our part, our buddy Fred is gonna get this book. You know, it's gonna be on his pool list. Um, Will, are you gonna get it, or should I even ask because Gambit's on the list? Yes. Okay. Never mind. No. Yes, you should ask. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I'll probably put this on my pull list, at least give it a shot. It's a five-part miniseries. I don't mind doing those just to kind of get the gist of the story. Um, but I do want to kind of go back and read the extreme version of them and kind of get a little bit more background before the story comes out. Because, again, I'm very illiterate when it comes to X-Men. I'm more DC, just like Emily. So it's kind of more, I've learned DC comics, so I'm trying to get more into Marvel and try to understand it um so that was the last really big bit of big news that came out with marvel um so we're going to jump right to dc emily's in my territory this is where we're going to get into some stuff shazam fury of the gods we're going to start off with the first trailer dropped which is sad because compared to what marvel dropped warner brothers yeah. didn't match it that is how bad it was like <sighs> that was good black adam was good but even then you had MCU straight up announced phase five when they could have waited for D23. DC didn't even bring their A game. It was just like, yeah, we're going to bring this. They're really, to be totally honest, there's really only five or about six bits pieces of news. One that was pretty obvious from the beginning that that was what's going to happen. Um, and then we'll go into a couple of news outside San Diego Comic-Con news when it comes to this. But let's go right off the bat with Shazam Fury of the Gods. Now, some big points were brought up. Um, the Daughters of Atlas arrive, played by Helen Mirren is one of them, and that's, I can't remember the other actress by heart, but I thought, seriously, this is who we're going with, because Helen Mirren as a villain. I'm just like, no, she's my level one mom, I can't do that. <laughs> she's the one mom I could go with. <laughs> there are so many Shazam slash Captain Marvel bad guys. Why are you going with D-list Wonder Woman bad guys? I don't understand. Well, the rumor is this way they're looking at it, they're going to try to set up Atlas, who is a big villain of Shazam. Now, and because these are the daughters of Atlas, there is rumors that Atlas might appear. Now, is that true? We don't know yet. Black Adam, you know that ain't going to happen for a while now. Is it? And it's sad because I would love to see Shazam versus The Rock, pretty much. Yeah, but they're introducing Black Adam as a and, good guy, anti-hero type. They're, you're right. They're not going to have them fight anytime soon. Yeah. It's going to be like a mentor-mentee kind of deal. Right. Now, some other new things that came out of it. It looks like a little rock of eternity did appear in this trailer. It's a very quick snip, just like the ship in Wakanda Forever. Um, a dragon mythical character showing up that shazam fights off that was the stupidest scene of the trailer i'm not gonna lie that kind of pissed me off dragons but i was like no please don't um people are saying it's ladin who is atlas's hundred-headed dragon even though there's no hundred heads the other thing i want to mention too before we really go into discussions about this trailer is the wizard is alive yeah 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 
that was weird <laughs> i was just like i thought you died and it's like oh i've been alive this whole time it's like was this like trevor from shang chi like yeah yeah i was supposed to die and then he made me his personal jester i'm still alive here and it's like no Emily, what's your take on the trailer? I'm gonna I'm gonna mention bring it up to you. I'm not even gonna go into the big points. I just feel like we need to just talk about the trailer entirely. Listen, I'm writer die DC. I am not excited about this movie though. It just Billy Batson, Shazam, is a silly character. It is the ultimate child power fantasy. If you're going to do it, lean into the silly. I want to see talking tigers. I want to see supervillain caterpillars like lean into the silly but like i don't know having uh oh having lucy lou as like the backup bad guy just like oh I, my father is important but i am nobody like like who is she yeah. does she matter do we care no. i don't know it just the quick answer is no this is where I'm pissed about. They end Shazam with the Caterpillar, which people think is the stupidest villain. I will say right now, the Caterpillar is probably one of Shazam's main enemies. Okay, anyone who thinks he's a stupid bad guy has never read Kingdom Come because that little green thing is terrifying. Yep. Oh, he is. That's, that is the one thing that pisses me off that people, oh, he's just a Caterpillar. Oh, no. You don't read the comics then. That is not just a caterpillar. He is the smartest stinking little thing you'll ever meet. And on top of it, he's ferocious. He'll do whatever he can to get the job done. I'm sorry. I would love to see him. I think they set him up well in Shazam, and then they're not even going to do nothing with him. That pisses me off. I was, I'm not going to lie. It was the thing that pissed me off in the trailer. On top of it, the one other thing that bothers me, and I know it was announced when they talked about the movie, is that the oldest girl in the family is just going to turn into her selfish as Herbert, as Mary Batson. I, I don't like that. You're going to still do it for everybody else. You should still do it with another actress at this point. Don't make it the same thing because now she looks younger than all of them. And she's supposed to be yeah. the oldest sibling. So here's the real question. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you. You haven't talked about it yet. What was your takes on the trailer? That was a quick smile. <laughs> well, I... Well, because it's funny. Um, I didn't really think about it much honestly i completely forgot everything that was in the trailer it just i like the first shazam but the second one the second trailer just looked like eh to me mm -hmm. but i completely forgot that lucy lou was in there so i mean 10 out of 10 now no no still no <laughs> i love lucy lou i, I love her helen i love Mann's her too beautiful. but she looks like she's going to be underutilized as heck and and helen Marin looks i'm sorry she looks too old for the role i'm sorry she shouldn't be in this movie. I'm going to say it right now. Um, I'm not looking forward to it. Will I still go see it? Yeah, more than likely. But still, just because I think it's more of the whole thing, like Emily says, we're DC fans. Of course, we're going to try to support. We're going to try to do everything. But it's one of the things that lately, too. I'm going to support you, but I'm not happy about it. Well, let's put it this way, too. Let's talk outside con, con news. <sighs> this is one of them that has been talked about, the fact that it might be pushed. Um, with the recent cancellation of Batgirl, which we'll get into later, um, they are talking about pushing this movie back. Are you guys for it being pushed back, maybe getting to the edits it needs, or do you feel like just release it now at this point, there's nothing else you can do? I mean, 
I do not understand the mindset of the people at Warner Brothers as to which movies get released and when and which ones they're do done. not. So it it doesn't seem like there's any logic. So why not just release it now? It would make just as much sense as any other decision that Warner Brothers is making at the moment. Okay. What about you, Will? What's your take on it? Are you kind of glad might set it back a little bit or do you feel like just release it now at this point? I, like I said, I completely forgot the trailer, so I don't really remember a lot of it. That was how irrelevant it was to me, so it's probably going to be the same thing if they release it. I'll just, like, forget about it. Okay. So it, it's irrelevant to me. I completely forgot about it. So let me ask you guys this. If, so to kind of lean into the next topic, were you guys more excited about this trailer or were you guys more excited about Black Adam's trailer? Black Adam. Yeah, Black Adam, but even Black Adam, I wasn't wow. super excited for. I like Pierce Bros- Brosnan as uh, Dr. Faye. I think that's good casting. Yep. But at the same time, we don't know who the bad guy is going to be. We don't yep. know any plot details about the movie other than that a version of the Justice Society is going to be in it. I just don't know enough about it to be excited. And with how... With how DC has been lately, I just, I don't want to get emotionally invested in it. It will probably be mediocre as much as that pains me to say it because I love the Justice Society. I love the weird, wacky, golden age characters. And I was so excited at the prospect of some of them getting screen time, but it's just, I don't know, man. It's really hard to get excited about live action DC projects right now. It's sad because I agree. I think Pierce Brodnan perfect casting i thought that when i heard that i thought that's awesome i'm for that in mr terrific we got his first look in this new teaser that was amazing i was happy about that because i'm a big mr terrific fan oh yeah he's Uh, great yeah i love his character that was very convincing i still i still don't don't like i still don't like hawkman i don't like his design for some reason something and it's not even you know i know the whole people are saying when people say that it's like the whole oh it's a racial thing and it's not that i'm for him being an african-american everything like that's nothing like that the problem i have with him is just his design his design looks terrible it doesn't fit hawkman i don't like it black adam's design i thought looked amazing i thought it looks actually really good for what it was and i believe at the comic-con he did wear his outfit he did show like the first time really in his outfit to the public and it looked amazing. I thought, okay, I'm down for that. I'm not going to lie. I was more excited about this than I was Shazam. Shazam yeah, trailer. It really did. It just, give me another trailer and you do more. Maybe we'll get more invested. Because even the first Shazam movie, the trailer was not investing. It was just, uh, they're just putting out another movie. And it was really good. It shocked us. Yeah, Helen Marin, great actress. But the problem is she's too old for this role. And I'm sorry. Her age doesn't bother me. It's just nothing about that movie excites me. Right. Now, will you go see Black Adam is the question. Not in theaters. I will wait for it to show up on HBO Max if HBO Max exists a year from now. Well, mind you, they're (laughs) they're merging. So Discovery Discovery Plus and um, HBO Max are merging. 
And yes. so, so, yeah, we'll get to that here shortly when we talk about the Batgirl situation, because a lot of things are changing right now with DC and Warner Brothers. Um, Willie's probably going to say, unless Brandon's buys the ticket, we're not going. So I guess I'll buy the ticket, buddy. <laughs> I guess I'll. It, it's either that or if my family decides to go and watch it. No, I'm which just they've surprised me. I found out that my family are actually big comic book nerds. Let's put it this way. And I'm going to cuss for the first one of the first times on this channel. Willie, I'm dragging your ass to the movie. Beep. Yeah, but I don't care. <laughs> I'm dragging your butt. I don't give a crap. You're going to watch it with me. I will hold you hostage. I will not tell Carrie where you are. No, I'm joking. Don't do that. <laughs> she uh, will hunt you down. Yeah, don't do that, fans. Uh, but no, I know Willie won't go see this without me or with family. So I guess I'll be dragging him yeah, with me. <laughs> and you're buying the popcorn, though. Um, anyway, so let's go to some comic book news. We're, we're going to get away from the trailers at this point. We already knew Black Adam trailer was going to get a new teaser. We knew Shazam was going to finally be dropped. Let's go into a big Batman news coming to comic books. There's two we're going to talk about. First one we're going to talk about is Batman and Spawn are getting a crossover event. It reunites Todd McFarlane with Greg Capullo. For anybody who does not know Greg Capullo, Greg Capullo has worked on Spawn comics, but he is the artist that draws Batman during Scott Snyder's run. He is a fantastic Batman artist. He is a really good Spawn artist. Todd McFarlane is the creator of Spawn, for anybody who does not know. This will be, it's Batman Spawn number one, will be a 48-page one-shot that will be hit, that will right now is hitting shelves on December 13th of this year. First time that Batman and Spawn has appeared together in over three decades. Greg Capullo, like I said, has been the artist for both. Are you excited for this series or excited for this one-shot? And are you putting this on your pool list? I'm going to turn it over to Emily first. Uh, I don't know. I actually own the uh, Spawn Batman run, uh, <laughs> which is really off-brand for me because I am not a big Todd McFarlane fan. I think he is much better at making action figures than he is at writing comics. Uh, so I am excited to hear if the series is any good. I just probably won't be picking it up. Oh, come on. Yeah, I just spent that last couple of minutes putting that into my calendar because I forgot I forgot the date. Thank you for reminding me, Brandon. What are you talking about? I like my Todd McFarlane now. Come on now. I got the yeah. big ones. I'm ready to go. I, can I am happy for the both of you. I am not his target demographic. <laughs> and granted, Spawn is not for everybody. I told Will, when we did Spawn last year, Willie was the one that convinced me. I was never a Spawn fan. But I get into the psychological story of him, where Willie's more the action-packed side of him. I like the whole biblical side of him, the fact that he was an atheist, and the fact that he comes to this world, or into this, pretty much this biblical war, and realizes this actually did exist, and he's really thrown. I love that story. I love his character. I love the way he develops. And I'm, and this is coming from a Christian point of view. I enjoy his character. I enjoy it completely. It is just, it's that good psychological run. Um, Willie, I don't even have to ask you. I know you just said you're going to put it on your pull list. We're buying it when it first comes out, buddy. Okay. 
Now let's go to another big Batman news. Um, Paul Dano, for anybody who does not know, played the Riddler in the latest Batman movie, is coming to DC Comics to write Riddler Year One. This has already been solicited. It's coming out right now as in October 2022. Paul Dano, like I said, has played the Riddler in 2022's The Batman. Probably one of the most entertaining Riddlers, I will admit. He kind of played a different role. He does promise fans that it will be very different and it will be a very ultra terrifying Riddler. It is a black label, so of course they have a little bit more free run. This is a six-issue miniseries illustrated by Stevon Subic. Let's ask this right now. I'm, I'm going to go into this before I go into, are you guys putting this on your pool list? Are you excited that Paul Dano is the one writing it? And let me clarify what I'm asking. Do you like the fact that an actor who has played this character coming to the comic book world and writing a series about the character he played? I'm going to turn it over to Emily first. So... It is absolutely no disrespect to Mr. Paul Dano, but his supervillain storyline just won't be as good as Danny DeVito writing Penguin and making Catwoman Penguin's wife just because Danny DeVito wants to make out with Catwoman. I'm sorry, there is a bar and that is the bar. If you cannot reach it, do not come into the kitchen. Um, but I am I am taking bets as to which female character Paul Dano makes his Riddler's girlfriend, uh, because that just seems to be what happens when celebrities write their own Batman villain storylines. Now, let me. So there was an interview with him at Comic Con. Now he has stated this is how supposedly he got the role. So they were role, they were filming the Batman, and Paul Dano is one of those actors that gets more into his character. He wants to find a way, how can I explore this character more than what it is? And so he pitched ideas to the director of the movie, I believe it was Matt Reeves. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't follow directors, I just follow the movies. And supposedly the director put it into DC and DC said, we want to talk to you. We want to see if we write this series for him. The way they're going and the way he's explaining it it will follow his character from the movie. The question is, I hope not they don't marry somebody with him because I'm going to get pissed. But I like actors like that, that take this seriously, that take this character, and especially, what's the last Riddler we got? Live action. I know Willie is going to hate me for saying it, but it's Jim Carrey. Or he's not going to hate me for saying it because I know he loves the character, Jim Carrey. But he made it comedical. I didn't like that. Riddler in this movie was more terrifying because you don't know where he lies and what his intentions are. Do I see this being a thing that's going to be comic book continuity? No, I think it's going to be more directed to the movies. Well, none of the Black Label books have been continuity at this point. Right. But this is where I feel like this is just a, like a spinoff of the movie. They're just not going to make a Riddler movie. We're going to make a comic. That's it. So... Willie, let's jump to you. Paul Dano writing it, or do you kind of like when actors are able to do that, come in to play a role, and then write an own series? Before I get into that, two comments. One, it's hard for me to think of Paul Dano without thinking Cowboys versus Aliens. 
because I thought he was hilarious in that role. And two, I'm still a little upset that we never got the uh, Johnny Depp Riddler because people kind of been like fan theorying that for a while and I was really hoping for it. I thought he would have done pretty well in the role. But okay, aside from that, <laughs> you know, I think it's kind of beneficial to be able to have somebody who worked on a role to write for them because they spent the time to get into the persona of the character. They would understand them to a good degree. Um, I think that kind of helps a lot when it comes to like character building. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to writing, you, you have a, like a feel for the character. So I think it might turn out pretty well. Am I going to read it? I'll let that verdict be determined once you get it and read it. Because I, I know figured. you're going to. I figured. I already put it on my pull list. I don't know, I'm not going to lie. Once you read it and say, tell me what you think about it. If it's any good, then I'll read it. You're going to wait and then just borrow my books. Yeah. <laughs> Emily, let's ask you that question. Are you going to buy this? Or are you going to wait till like a trade paperback or are you just going to wait to kind of see how people are talking about it? I'm probably going to wait for a review. There's a lot of actors that turn out to be great comic book writers. Like (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was going to talk about how Idris Elba's wife is a big comic book fan, like has her own like small indie publishing house and things like that. But, uh, Keanu Reeves? He, I don't think he actually writes those comics, but okay. It is possible to be a good actor and a good comic book writer. It's just, I'm going to hold my breath just a little bit. Just a bit. I promise you, I'll, I'll give you a review because I do have it on my pull list as of right now. It was solicited, so of course it's up for grabs. I already put it on it just to test it to see if it's going to be good or not. Usually when it's a limited series, you usually just hold on and try to get the books at this point and then read them and then see how I feel about them. So I'll let you guys know how that feels and hopefully fans will kind of chime in with that conversation as well. Um, a couple other pieces of um, comic book news before we go into some two recent events that's happened. Um, they announced a Joker sequel. I'm not going to really go into this as much. Um, it's called The Man Who Stopped Laughing. It's going to be written by Matthew Rosenberg and drawn by Carmine D. I apologize if I butcher this name, Gia Domenico. It is a sequel to the comic series written in by James Tyen IV and ran from March 21st or, 21, or 2021 to July 2022. Right now, it's set to be released in October 4th, 2022. I'm not really going to go into it. it it's okay. I'll, I'll we'll get into this more too. But let's go into some other news um, really quickly. Um, something we all knew was going to happen. Uh, Dark Crisis, which has been an event that's been going on the last couple months. Um, after issue four or issue five, I can't remember that part of the news, um, is going to be changed. Their name's going to be changed to Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. We all kind of figure this was going to happen. At this point, it is the anniversary of Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, comic book release. And it's just one of those things. Emily, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know we've talked about Crisis on Infinite Earths and Infinite Earths just being a situation that DC can never get past. 
I feel like I just sound like such a grump and we haven't even gotten to Batgirl yet. <laughs> like, no, I am so tired of crises. Thank you. Like, <laughs> it is just so formulaic at this point. And what did like, we say two months ago? It was going to happen. And then yeah. DC kept on, it's like, on, no, no. What happens every time there's a crisis? It immediately goes to Infinite Earths. Yeah. Uh, multiple different worlds are involved a flash dies and (laughs) supergirl is either fridged or overlooked entirely i am still upset that john kent is leading the justice league team because he is a 17 year old and kara has kara has been 25 for like 50 years at this point she is older than him she has led superhero teams before she should have gotten seniority but they wanted to do the younger version of the Trinity and have the young Superman as the leader, which I get in theory, if there was not already a more viable candidate available. And it's just, I don't know, man. Listen, I'm a huge Blue Beetle fan, but why is he one of like, the big members on the Thank Justice you. League team. Thank you. I even Blue Beetle that, so. is a Justice League Detroit kind of guy. He's yeah. not. He's not. He's, he's not just Spider. He's kind of like Spider Man to the Avengers. You can't put him on a team like that. You, you you can't. I love him. He will always be Barbara Gordon's best boyfriend in my eyes. <laughs> but I just I don't understand what this lineup is. I don't understand why. People are taking orders from a 17-year-old. I I just have a lot of questions. And I honestly haven't been keeping up with this storyline just because it seems very needlessly convoluted. I'm kind of like, Nightwing in the story is like, why are you guys going to their funeral? You know that they're going to come back to life eventually. And everyone else is like, no, it's for real this time. And I was like, no, I'm with Nightwing on this. I'm not emotionally invested in this And they've already announced. Like, I think it was, I've been keeping up with the series. i I bought it because I've tried to keep up with the DC events more. It's it, it just, what the heck are they doing? And I'm going to argue right now. I'm sorry, Dick Grayson and Barbara. I am full on supporter of those two. I don't know why they've never gotten married other than the Convergent series, which is terrible. I had the books, unfortunately, but they finally marry them in a different universe and they have a kid. And it's just like, why can't that be main continuity? Why does it have to be a stinking multiverse situation? I think Barbara can do better, but we can agree to disagree. Okay, we'll do that. Um, Will, do you even want to mention this topic? So, uh, that Arkham Knights show looking pretty good. No, no, it's not. Don't you dare. Don't you do that to me. Isn't there a rumor going on on side notes? Isn't there a rumor going on that Gotham Knights actually might be canceled now too? Yep. Oh, I'm excited for that's that. That's why it's looking good. That's the only reason I say <laughs> that's the only good decision Warner Brothers has made. Because what's going to that right now? Let's talk about this. So let's go into some recent news. This is outside San Diego Comic Con news. This was just released a couple of days ago. Batgirl's movie has now been canceled. Now, originally what was told is that they supposedly had some test screenings. It was showed very terrible reviews. Instead of DC just deciding to release it, they just said we're scrapping the whole project. And the process of it, I believe it's the biggest movie to lose a huge profit like that, over $100 million or near $100 million. Emily, I know you have a lot to say about this. We about this. Can I go first? I don't have a lot to say. I can get it out of the way. 
You can go first. That's yeah, fine. Let's go. Yeah. So for me, when I first saw like these, like the sneak peek shots on the internet and saw like some of the outfits, some of the like designs of certain things, I was thinking, oh my God, it already looks like pretty bad. I hope this is not like the final design for Bat, for Batwoman, Batgirl, whatever it was. I, I Batgirl. But <laughs> anyway, I hope these aren't final designs for the outfits because I know they can do a lot better than this. They don't really look all that well. And if that's the final design, maybe there's a reason for it. There's some tie-ins. I, I was just like, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Before I but, tell you, I'm going to interrupt you really quick. <laughs> what if I told you Michael Keaton was supposed to be in this film? That would have made it better. It was. He was in the film. What would it, What if we told you that Brendan Fraser was playing the bad guy? Thank you. And that J.K. Simmonson Simmons was going to be Commissioner Gordon. Sorry, about Brendan that. Fraser. Yes, J.K. Simmons. No, I didn't mind J.K. Simmons. I, I don't him. want him as a. I don't want him as anything other, anything, other than J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, I like him as Commissioner right. Gordon. Sorry. <laughs> Anyway, not compared. Anyway, to, just to finish, just finish my thought because this is all I have to say. Um, after hearing that even Warner Brothers thought it was that bad and they wanted to scrap it, I'm really curious now. Just like how bad was it? Like how bad could it have possibly been that Warner Brothers of all things decided to scrap it? I think Emily so, and I talked about that part too. The fact that now it's kind of one of those things like I want to see how bad. I want to really see it now. Or want okay. So, so turn it over to Emily. If I may, the well, initial reports did say that it was canceled due to test screenings. However, the official press statements and the emails leaked from the CEOs and from some of the higher ups at Warner Brothers tell a different story right the ceo explicitly stated and i quote diversity is no longer a priority at this time they've cut several projects that had female leads they've cut several projects that had non-white actors as the leads or as primary characters because batgirl wasn't the only show that was cut they cut the uh what is it the Wonder Twins, which no one was really excited about, by the way, but they it's still interesting. Really was. That, that, it was interesting <laughs> that that was one of the comic one of the projects that they cut. They cut a lot of non-DC stuff. And they spent $90 million on Batgirl. They spent a hundred million dollars on the Flash, but the excuse that they gave in their official press statement was that they cut the Batgirl movie due to budget cuts. Yet They've already spent $100 million on the Flash movie, and they're spending more in marketing because this movie hasn't even come out yet. Right. You would think that if budgeting was the issue, they would cut the movie that hasn't been released that has the lead actor who has several warrants out for their arrest. Thank you. But instead, they cut Batgirl. It's not that there's not an audience for this movie. Leslie Grace posted a, a video to her TikTok of her singing, I will always love you while taking off the Batgirl costume. And that 
video has been shared on social media all, like hundreds of thousands of time, times already in the past two days. There is an audience for this movie. There is an audience for Afro-Latina superheroes. Right. It's It just feels really disheartening because they already said that they are going to make a direct to HBO Max Blue Beetle movie. They said that they were going to make a Red Hood movie direct to HBO Max. And I just don't see any of these projects actually happening. They've been in talks with the kid from Stranger Things to play Static in a Static HBO Max movie. I don't think that movie's going to happen anymore either. And it's sad because there would be a lot of people for that movie. I think that yes. Blue Beetle. But it, it seems that there is a merger going on between HBO Max and Discovery. And HBO Max has already removed completely from their streaming service like 10 different original HBO Max projects. Right. And they, rele they released, I say they, Warner Brothers released an infographic stating that by their research, the HBO Max market is men and the Discovery market is women. So they're not going to make a superhero female-led movie for HBO Max because all of the viewers there are men, which is asinine. Oh, I, I always pull this out and everyone thinks that I'm making it up, but in the 1950s, the official Superman Club of America was 49% girls. Women have women and girls have always been reading comics women and girls have always been involved in fandom and it the fact that that specifically was pointed out of we already spent too much money on a movie that no one will watch because women don't watch superhero projects like you're saying that women haven't been watching the mcu since 2008 you're saying that women aren't subscribing to Disney Plus just so they can watch the new MCU projects? Like, there's so much research telling you otherwise. Right. It just feels like the people at the higher up positions in Warner Brothers have blinders on and they're refusing to see what's in front of them. Really? If it was just the movie tested bad, I could accept that. But they've made it obvious that that's not what's going on here. Right. Now, Willie, no. we'll turn to you really quickly before we continue there. Willie, you had a uh, comment you wanted to mention. Yeah. After hearing everything you said, honestly, it gives me a random conspiracy theory that maybe, like, all of this, everything has nothing to do with it. It's the fact that they've spent so much money on the Flashpoint movie, and now with everything that happened with Ezra Miller... They decided they want to still make the movie, but they're completely recasting it and they have to start completely over and redo the entire thing. So they're canceling everything just so to make sure they have enough money. So all of it's an excuse to make sure people don't know that they really messed up. So I'm going to mention. I don't know, man. I'm gonna I, I don't know. I want to mention one point right now. I love what Emily said. I think it is a perfect comment right then and there. Yeah. Here's what I'd like to argue with DC. Your biggest movie was Wonder Woman. 2017, even better than the MCU women-led films. To me, Batgirl could have been an amazing movie. The fact that DC and Warner Brothers just said we're going to cut our ties with it 
instead of trying to say we're going to make the necessary changes to make it better was just asked uh, Emily even said to me it's asinine it is one of those things that bugs the crap out of me that right there shows you Warner Brothers does not care about DC Comics they do not care about anything to do with this I agree with the diversity thing I'm sorry Marvel's striving when it comes to diversity you have Moon Knight you have Miss Marvel you have She-Hulk now you got all the Wakanda forever Black Panther all these characters and they're striving and Warner Brothers is going to straight up say diversity is not where we need to be going Warner Brothers is saying it's all right Marvel and Disney have it covered we're good hey we'll make another Space Jam movie we'll put we'll put um we'll put in um Lamella Ball in it now they better not make another Space Jam that's pretty much what they're thinking now and it's it's bugs the crap out of me when this news dropped I remember Emily was putting stuff out on her social media I was even chiming in on it because one of the rumors going around is Blue Beetle is going to be canceled. If they cancel Blue Beetle, I will stop watching every DC thing that comes out. Blue Beetle is one of my favorite characters. I come from a Latino descent. I do come from a Puerto Rican background. He is Puerto Rican. Frankly, to me, that is a character I look up to. The actor who they got for it from Cobra Kai, I'm sorry, is an amazing actor. You can't deny his acting talent, and he would be a great Jaime Reyes. And you're going to screw him over because diversity is not the way. Runner Brothers, I'm going to say this once. I'm going to say it again. Screw you. I'm going to say it right now. Sorry. That's how I feel. Runner Brothers It's really sucks. hard being a fan right now. <laughs> it's sad because we're both. I, Emily, you talk a lot from DC. I talk a lot from DC. I'm a huge fan of the comics. But this just proves my point. DC is better with comics or animation. Marvel is better at movies. Don't beat the Marvel product, but even then, you can find ways to beat them. You've already shown that with Wonder Woman. You beat them out with a, a woman-led superhero film. Why can't you strive off that? Like Shazam was good. You had all these great movies that were coming out. Granted, can't deny some of the allegations going around with Ezra Miller. Amber Heard hasn't helped the situation either. There, there's things that they get screwed to. But even then, find a new way to do it. You could have made Batgirl better instead of just giving up on it. That's the purpose of trial and error. You learn from it, and then you try to make it better. What can I do better? Because you just wasted all those talented actors' life, their whole career on this movie. Especially like Emily says, you had Brendan Fraser playing the main villain. You had... Michael Keaton returning. You have J.K. Simmons, who's a talented actor, and you just wasted all their time. Sorry. DC sucks. Gonna say it. I think that's the first time I've ever said that on the podcast. It's the only time you're ever gonna the Marvel side. Join no. us. <laughs> I, I'm still a DC fan when it comes to comics. Not the movies, not the shows. Sorry. The only good thing that came out of this is Gotham Knights might not be canceled, which I'm happy. It should have never be made. It's just a Descendants version of DC Comics, and frankly, to me, it doesn't need to be made. The Gotham Knights video game looks great, though. They just released oh, a bunch yeah. of their Barbara different uh, skins for the game. Oh, yeah. It's Once sad. I get the money, I'm buying it. The sad thing is, is that we were talking about that before, and it's like, 
what was it? What was, what was the conversation where you sat there and said Warner Brother Games literally had to come out and say they had nothing to do with the show? That's amazing. Yeah, they're like, they, we're not affiliated with that. That is bad. So I think that's enough talk about the Batgirl conversation. Emily brought up some good points. I'm irritated with it. And I heard that news drop. Literally, my boss called me into the office. How does it feel? Warner Brothers wasted $90 million. I'm like, that's Warner Brothers. They're stupid anyway. At this point, they're not succeeding. They're, or they're not fighting their stride. At this point, you should just stop. Focus on what you need to make and move forward. Even if it's going back to animation, I think they could do better animation films. Um, I'm going to turn it over to our guest. Emily, you do have a couple pieces of news, um, including a act or a writer's passing. So I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Yeah. So uh, on the 21st of July, the writer Alan Grant passed away. Um, he's most known for his Lobo comics. Uh, he didn't create Lobo, but he was like one of the main Lobo writers. He wrote Batman. He wrote Judge Dredd. Uh, he wrote the British sci-fi anthology series 2000 AD, uh, which is one of the series that introduced Judge Dredd as a character. Um, but yeah, he was uh, he was a co-writer for the Batman comics for like 10 years, I want to say, in the early 90s. Or no, that was, yeah, that was the 90s. Yeah, he was basically responsible for Batman in the 90s. And he, yeah, was really instrumental to the character of Lobo. He created the characters of Ratcatcher, the Ventriloquist, Anarchy, Dr. Jeremiah Arkham, and Victor Zaz, which was big to me because, like, Victor Zaz is kind of a big deal. Yep. Um, he did some work on Tank Girl also, which is interesting because you don't really think about, like, mainstream comic book creators working on indie titles like Tank Girl. Right. Um, he, in very interesting, like niche comic book trivia news, not news, but like info, a lot of people hold him responsible for Alan Moore's comic book career because he was he's often credited with helping kickstart his career after he pulled one of Alan Moore's early scripts for the 2000 AD's unsolicited submissions folder. So he like pulled out the script and he's like, huh, this is pretty good. And that was one of Alan Moore's like first big writing opportunities. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, in 1992, he was uh, named a recipient for the Comic-Con International Inkpot Award. And it was really, it was fascinating on Facebook. I follow a lot of like OG comic book writers, mostly because the newer wave of comic book writers don't typically use Facebook, but like Paul Dini's page and like a whole bunch of other comic creators pages were just talking about how influential Alan Grant was. And it's interesting because I honestly haven't heard his name much before. Like I'd obviously heard of these characters, but it's not like, his name was one of the the big names that you like hear talked about a lot in conversation. It, it very much seems like he was one of those guys who was just like working really hard in the background on his stories, but wasn't necessarily like doing interviews or making a name for himself, Stan Lee style. Right. But dude is influential and we should mark his passing. 
Like, I'm not going to lie. One of my favorite series, and I did read this, um, or I have read it in the past, is his Silver Surfer run. And it's one of my favorites. And of course, it's not my favorite favorite, but it is a really good story. Um, and for any for any fan of Silver Surfer, I would recommend this series. Um, again, Victor Sass, I didn't even realize he created him. And he is a pretty big deal in Batman comics. For anybody who does not know and just watches the movies, he does appear in a movie. He does appear in Birds of Prey. He is the, um, what was it, Edward McGregor's or Black Mass, kind of like right-hand man. And, but yeah, it, it, it's just, it's, it's like a sad thing going on nowadays. The fact that some of the most influential writers or influential artists are passing. And it is sad to see it nowadays. Um, Willie, I know you're a big Lobo fan. You are, that's probably one of your main characters when it comes to DC Comics. Um, yeah. So how, what was your reaction of Alan Grant's passing? Uh, it went a little bit something like this. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, um, yeah, it was pretty upsetting. I mean, I don't know a lot of his work, but I definitely do know Lobo. And like you know, Lobo is one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. He is like... He has incredible lines. He's always funny. He always has great things to say. And on top of that, he does, like, have some, like, hardcore, like, emotionally pushing, not, like, depressing, but pushing, mm-hmm. like, like uh, phrases that he'll say, or, like, quotes. So, I, you know, you can just owe it all to him because... Without him, we wouldn't have those great quotes from him. Right. So, Alan Grant. Fight me, fanboy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Alan Grant, please rest in peace, um, and your legacy will be remembered. Um, I'm going to also turn it back over to our guest because you do. So, we are going to go into our independent comic book um, news that came out from San Diego Comic-Con. But I'm going to turn it over to our guest, Emily. She does want to bring up one more point that is a big deal, especially when it comes to webtoons. Yeah, so the webtoon Lore Olympus won the Eisner Award for webcomics, which is the first time that any of the comics from the webtoon platform has won an Eisner Award. And it's, honestly, I'm really excited. I've been reading Lore Olympus since the beginning, like a lot of people. Uh, It has 1.2 billion global views and 5.8 million subscribers, as well as a multi-book deal and an animated series in development produced by the Jim Henson Company for Netflix. It is a big deal. And I really love that online platform webcomics and comics are getting the respect that they deserve because you don't have to have a print medium to still be comics and I don't know it's interesting to me a lot a lot of the reports that came out after the Eisner Award nominate or after the Eisner Award was officially granted there were a lot of people who didn't seem to count Lore Olympus because the readership is primarily women or because it's on an online platform but Webtoons is popping off they've got Comics that are getting anime deals through Crunchyroll or live action deals through Netflix. The smash hit Sweet Home was a webtoon. Uh, I don't remember 
what it's called, but there was a really popular Crunchyroll anime right now that was based off of a webtoon. Uh, there's been, I believe it's a Korean drama based off of the makeup themed webtoon, True Beauty. Like this is a platform that is ripe for content, but because that content has in the past, it's really only been around for the past like five years or so, but because that content has primarily been marketed towards women, there's a lot of people that don't consider it to be real comics quotations. Right. And just the fact that this comic got an Eisner Award is honestly such a big deal. And I'm so proud of the creator, Rachel, Rachel Smythe. Like, they've been working so hard. And it's like, you deserve this. I am so proud of the journey. And I'm just excited to be a fan of this comic and seeing that other people are, you know, putting respect to the name. Right. Now, Will, so I'll admit, I'm not one of them. And it's not because of the whole demographic thing. It's just, I never got into the webtoon stuff. So unfortunately, I'm pretty illiterate when it comes to it. But after hearing that explanation, I will admit, I am going to go read that. I would love to read that and kind of get to know more of that lore and try to understand it more. Willie, I know you do do webtoons. Yes, I do. And I know which one you're talking about. And I think that is very deserving of comic to be getting that. I never read too much of Lore Olympus and it's not because it wasn't good. I loved the story. It's just for me, the artwork kind of was bothering me a little bit, but I mean, it wasn't bad. It just wasn't my favorite. So I slowly veered away from it, but I loved the story and I, I probably should go back and continue reading it because I do want to see where it went. But the coolest thing about that is that you could tell whenever you go on to webtoons they have like the recommended list and top this top that the top ranking webtoon for the longest time was lore olympus it's like for years it was lore olympus that shows you how like deserving it is of an eisner right like for me when it comes to eisners you guys know i'm a sucker and it's i know it's nothing to do with webtoons but um, I've been a sucker for Eisner Awards when it came to Tom King's Mr. Miracle. Now, I've always been trying to follow it more and trying to understand the whole process, of what earns you an Eisner and what doesn't. And what was it? And when I heard this news, I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of new. Like, But even then, it's kind of one of those arguments with the Oscars. When you look at it and you hear, oh, an Amazon Prime movie just got nominated for an Oscar award. It's kind of one of those things like it's deserving. And I'm not going to lie, you both now convinced me to go read it. So I'm going to go read it. Thank you guys. You got me. Guys, if I swear, if I get addicted to this, I'm blaming Emily. Um. (laughs) Please do. On that note, I do have to pop off because it is getting late on my end. But I hope you guys have fun with the rest of the episode. Thank you, Emily, for joining us. Please tell the fans where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on TikTok at Eerie Deerie or on Instagram at Eerie Deary Emily. All righty. Thank you so much, Emily, for joining us. And we will go ahead and continue on with the independent comic book news. Yeah, have fun, guys. <laughs> All righty. So, Will, we're going to jump right into Team and T. Now, two things have come out of Comic-Con with it. One of them you know I'm excited for. One I know you're excited for and I'm not. 
So, <laughs> so we'll go over the one I like first, and then I'm going to pull it over to you because I know you're excited for the second one that was announced. TMNT, The Last Ronin, is continuing on with a prequel series. Now, this was big news because The Last Ronin was such a big comic. It has been a story that's been in the making for three years. And again, we're, we talk, we're talking about it. We've talked about the story. We've talked about things. We'll be hearing it soon. The fact that this series follows a turtle, a lone survivor turtle, you don't know who's this, who this turtle is. And the way it ends, I'm not going to go much into it other than I'm going to tell you there was four other turtles that were trying to be mutated. Um. This series is going to be expanding, like we said, from The Last Ronin, and it is actually going to have Kevin Eastman on the project. Now, right now it's entitled TMNT, The Last Ronin, The Lost Years. This will be another five-issue miniseries. Tom Waltz will be, will be returning with Kevin Eastman because they were the two original writers on it. Um, it will also have art from Eastman, Ben Bishop, and S.L. Gallant. These are two new artists coming to this series. Ben Bishop has usually been, if I'm not mistaken, a TMNT artist before. Um, SL Gallon, I cannot swear by that. I think he's kind of newer to this series. This will tell the tales before the last Ronin, but it also will have sequel or future like looks at the new turtles that were mutated at the end of the story with April and Casey, um, the daughter of Casey Jones and April O'Neill. Are you excited for this series? Do you think it's necessary? And are you going to buy it? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. I think this is like the perfect final send-off, really. Okay. I mean, they they came... Uh, Eastman and Laird came together for uh, the comic to bring us this one final hoorah. So it's now just fitting to see this grand closure to the TMNT world. Right. And where they're going to go with it from here on out, I don't know. But honestly, I don't even care because this is like the perfect, perfect ending. Right. And I just have to see it. I, you know how big of a fan I was with The Last Runner. When this book series came out, I automatically put it on my list. This was a book I wanted to read from the beginning. And... I'm not going to lie. For any man who likes, or not any man, for anybody who does like Old Man Logan, you will love this run. This is pretty much the Old Man Logan, but a turtle. It is the lone surviving turtle. He is older. He is more mature. You don't know who this turtle is till the end of the first issue. I'm not going to spoil it. You'll hear it in our book club. The fact that they announced this, I was happy. And then I hear they're going to try to continue on with the end of the story. And I was like, why? Why do we need this? Like, it's like, what you're going to take a good story and you're going to ruin it. It's been a question since we did the back book club for The Last Ronin. Do you like the fact that they are going to continue on with these four new turtles coming in? Or no? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not excited for it, but I think I feel like I've said it multiple times already in this in this uh, recording. But I'm curious. Oh, a lot I'm, of things that I'm curious about. So you're buying it. I'm buying it. 
you better still get the hardcover. Not going to lie. The hardcover is amazing, even though I have all five issues. I bought the hardcover. I love it. Um, so let's turn it over to the other TMNT news. Power Rangers and TMNT is getting another crossover. Woo! Oh, you're buying this. I'm going to say it right now. I'm not. <laughs> away from it um this is a team up again with boom studios um who owns the rights to the power ranger comic books and idw which owns the rights to teenage mutant ninja turtles um which idw is known to team up with companies they've teamed up with dc to do the batman team and t run they have teamed up with boom studios they are known to team up with people um the sequel will be the second crossover it'll be a sequel to the 2019 run um, they did with the two, um, Ryan, or writer Ryan Parrott was returning to write the sequel, and Dan Morrow will do the artwork on it. Willie, do I even need to ask you? you buying this? Probably. You're going to go find I mean, it? this is the most unusual crossover that I enjoy. <clears throat> <laughs> it's your 90s self coming out, buddy. Yes, this is my childhood all wrapped up into one. TMNT was my childhood, not Power Rangers, buddy. <laughs> All we're missing is the Justice League, Batman, and Spider-Man. And then we have everything. And then throwing some Star Wars in there just to add up to the mix. Oh, no, why not? Let's not do that. Let's make one not. powerhouse crossover. No. That's like saying, let's make Star Wars with Lord of the Rings. That ain't going to happen. Two different worlds. D&D has already done that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But this is a big event. They did announce this during Comic-Con. I believe it's set right now, set up to be released near November, December timeframe. So, Willie, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you're bigger fans of the next two topics, The Walking Dead. Two big announcements. I can't remember what the other one was. So the Sony limited series and then the Tales of the Walking Dead trailer was released. Yeah, uh, Tales of the Walking Dead. I don't really remember that one. So if you wouldn't mind covering that one, I'll cover the other one. Absolutely. So I'll go over it quick. The Tales of the Walking Dead trailer release. These are just little tales in between this whole main series. Terry Crews is appearing in it. There's a couple big name actors showing up in this series. Um, Not a lot to go off of. I didn't get the story. I know like people like you would um, more. I'm for anybody who does not know, I am not the big show fan. I'm not a big Walking Dead fan when it comes to the show. I love the book series. I can thank Willie's fiance, Carrie, for getting me into that more, telling me to give it another chance to read more into it. And I'm not going to lie, it was actually really good when I got more into reading it. Um, so this is just more spinoff stories. So these are kind of just your one-shot episodes or different things like that to kind of get you into different stories or different aspects of the series. Now, Willie, I'm going to turn it over to you with The Walking Dead with the Rick and Michonne limited series. Okay, so evidently enough, I found out that this was actually supposed to be a movie, yeah. but got replaced by a limited series. Uh, but so apparently what this is all about is it's kind of a... A story that follows a kind of like an epic love story sort of thing where it's them trying to find themselves again, find each other again Mm -hmm. after like the long time being away in this uh, zombie infested world. So it looks 
interesting and honestly it's one of the things it's probably the couple that i enjoyed second most out of all the couples in the show who's your first oh that was obviously uh glenn and uh maggie yeah i knew you were gonna say it i don't like her much anymore but i liked her then i like maggie i like maggie i've liked maggie in the conks so i can never deny that i stopped liking her after glenn died Spoiler. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> knows about it by now. I did it. I'm not, I I gave up after season one. I was just like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> like, this is bad. Like how Darren shut off Attack on Titans, how I shut off Walking Dead. I just went, the fans <laughs> took me out of it. I wasn't for it. I just stopped. And I did. It was just simple as that. Just like Game of Thrones. Fans shut me off from that show. I'm not going to watch it again. And you guys will never get me to change my mind about that. I will never watch Game of Thrones. Sorry. Um, but Willie Hart, I know you're a big Rick, and I know you're a big Mashoni fan. Yes. Are you excited about this, or do you feel this is even necessary at this point? Uh, to be perfectly honest, like I said before, there's a lot of shows that I've been meaning to catch up on. So season 11... I haven't watched of The Walking Dead yet, so I don't know if they did find each other at the end of that or what happened. I'm assuming they're still apart, but um, yeah, I think they were kind of a big power couple near the end of the series, and it felt to me like right at the point where uh, Rick was starting to realize things and starting to figure out like what he needs to do with his life here on out they kind of just cut him out of the story right which was upsetting to me so having this story where they go off and find each other i'm not gonna say it's needed but it's still something that i want to see it because they were a, they were a wonderful couple they went together well they read off each other well and they're just amazing characters. Right. So kind of a little bit of the last comic book news that's come out. Um, Darkwing Duck is getting an IDW publishing comic. For anybody. Copyright, man. No more. <laughs> no more saying it, man. We can it copyright at this point. <laughs> 30, 30 something years old. Copyright's not, not on it anymore. Whatever. No more. Not, not worth it. Disney will come at us, man. I don't want Disney. Um, <laughs> they don't even know who we are. <laughs> so Darkwing Duck, um, for anybody who does not know, think of Donald Duck as a superhero. But it's not Donald Duck. His main, what was it? His, or Negaduck is his ne nemesis. Which is just like, okay, that's new. But it's like it's Donald Duck is Batman and Inspector Gadget. That's a good question. That, that's pretty much that Batman. Yeah, pretty much Batman and Inspector Gadget mixed up. I I love Darkwing Duck. Um, for anybody who does not know this, you can actually find this on Disney Plus. It is a Disney show. That's how it got started. And now he's getting a comic. It is amazing. I'm glad IDW is going to be the one doing it because I don't see Dynamite doing it. I know there was rumors about Dynamite doing it. I don't want them to because Dynamite is more independent. They're more like Red Sonia, The Boys. IDW is more kid-friendly. 
You have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You got different things like that. Sonic. You, you got different characters like that that I think would work better. The writers would be more adaptable with Darkwing Duck. Uh, what's your take on Darkwing Duck, bud? I'm I you. love the show. I love the <laughs> I love the character designs. I love, uh, as far as the show goes, I love the voice actor choices. I love the humor. I love the music. I love everything about Darkwing Duck. It was one of my favorite Disney shows. Even better than DuckTales theme song? The original? It was sang by the same person. You can't really pick. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that guy did all the Disney shows back in the 90s. Now, so, now but my, the comic book. Right. I am excited for this comic book. I'm going to put you is, in financial debt with buying comic books now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You have to find the you have to buy the first editions. Those are the valuable ones. Yep. So, you know, other than that, this is like the main comic book news that came out. Of course, there was other news that came out, like the Lord of the Rings trailer came out um, for the new show coming out on Amazon Prime starting on September 2nd. Um, I actually liked it, but but mainly the we don't have beards. Yeah, whatever. But that's the main point of this podcast. We were doing our let's have a chat. I want to thank our guest again, Emily Erie. You can find her at TikTok, uh, Erie Deary. Um, and you can always find Comic Talkers at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Anchor, and Spotify. And you can also um, follow us for updates and let us know one of your favorite news that came out of Comic Con uh, by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok at Comic Talkers. And without further ado, my name is Brandon. And I'm Darkwing Duck with Call DW. Darkwing Duck. Okay. No more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't even do a voice. I was going to do a voice and I can't even do it now. Well, I'm the terror of the night. You sound like Mark Hamill. I am Darkwing Duck. You sound like Mark Hamill. I'm sorry, buddy. And, and let always. Let comics always be the top of your discussion. Bye.